This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Avengers colon Endgame. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe. He's out on assignment. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, and then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 360. 360. Full circle. And this week, we are talking Avengers, colon, Endgame. The fourth Avengers film, the big final climax to phase three and possibly of the avengers at least the original avengers as a whole we'll, we'll get to all that but yes we're talking avengers endgame which made it a, a, a billion dollars <laughs> and change all over the world this weekend and uh, joining me today to discuss avengers endgame we have from lenoir artur he stands for cap he fans when it's hot outside it's terrence johnson <laughs> Your intros are always a work of art. <laughs> From the sunny streets of Beverly Hills, he ironed his man shirt for this podcast. It's Peter Paris. Hello, hello. And from Movies Marcus, he's here to smash. It's Marcus Robinson. Spoiler alert. I'm here. All right. How are three of you doing this evening? Ooh, great. Yeah. Great. I survived the end game and the Battle of Winterfell, so I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> exactly. Me too. Nice timestamp. Yeah, it's, it's it's been quite the epic week. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch Barry, but Barry had a big episode too this week. But um, it's um, a lot of things going on for sure. But let's just talk about one of them, the one that made an ungodly amount of money at the box office this weekend, and uh, for good reason. But we'll get to all that. Uh, first up, let's go over some uh, let's go over some show notes real quick. First, uh, if you're listening to this Avengers podcast episode, you might be. Wanting to know that we do have an Avengers commentary track that we did for the first Avengers. That's up on iTunes now. That was a lot of fun to record. And certainly has us talking about the movie that we're going to talk about today before we actually saw it. So here's some fun ideas of what we thought could have happened before you hear this episode. Um, some of them were actually pretty close to being right or dead on. That said, yeah, that's up there. Speaking of which, if you like that, you like this, if you like our show in general, be sure to log on to iTunes and uh, search for our show out now there in an Abe. Give us a rating and review. That'd be uh, great. Help us out. And what else? The Summer Gamble. All three of you are part of the 8th Annual Summer Movie Gamble. Uh, you uh, all submitted top 10 lists. And all of us are currently tied for first place because we all collectively yes. predicted that Avengers Endgame <laughs> yes. is likely going to make the most money this weekend. I, I mean, who knows? You know, Angel Has Fallen could also make a billion point two dollars in this weekend. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But regardless, um, that was a lot of fun to record uh, last week. We had several of the members of this contest where we predict the top 10 highest grossing films of this summer uh, on to discuss those picks as well as just the summer movie season in general. And it's started now like the summer movies have officially started so yeah that's a that was a fun episode to record that's up on itunes as well and uh, yeah i'll be checking in with that periodically as more and more movies uh, get released and make certain amounts of money and um yeah i think that's it so let's move on let's get to some know everybody reach we ask each other a question or two tries at the tone for podcast or better get to no everybody that's pretty good i like yeah. that that's good yeah <laughs> who okay. needs abe so Exactly. <laughs> I say that more and more sometimes. Um, 
Uh, I have a question for all you guys. Fitting of this week, of course. Did you guys see all of these movies in theaters? And do you have any stories related to that? Yeah, I've seen all. Uh, yes, I've seen all 22, right? Is that where we're at now? Just including 20, this film, yes. Including Endgame. Uh, yes, I saw them all. And I, I would say my only story would be that I, I feel like right when I saw the first one, is, is Iron Man 2008? Yes. I feel like I was going to some screenings. I was, uh, I think I was writing for E! Online and stuff. And I will say that like by the end, I, I don't, I don't think there was anything I didn't see that wasn't a screening. Maybe there's one or two. Like, so I managed to somehow pull that off, which is happy, have, good for me, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah. Cool. Um, LA life. <laughs> <laughs> I think Iron Man is the only one I haven't seen in the theater. I saw that when it came to TV. But like two, the two sort of movie screening moments that I remember outside of Endgame were the puny god moment in the first Avengers like the theater like cackling and then at a screening for civil war when like bucky grabbed that bike the motorcycle and like swung himself onto it and everybody being like what (laughs) that is honestly that was probably one of my favorite moments because all of us were like what in the hell is going on (laughs) um so yeah those would be the two uh i'm i'm like the novice of the three, because I haven't seen any of the Ant Mans, but I've seen the rest of them. Oh, even still, you uh, haven't seen the Ant Mans. I haven't seen the Ant Mans. Um, and I, uh, and I fell asleep halfway through Iron Man three. So I did, but I did see it on DVD. That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I've seen all of them. As yeah, it's weird that it's like this is the culmination of eleven years of films. Like that's. <laughs> that's... Yeah. That is something that's pretty neat about this, regardless of thoughts on the franchise in general or the movie or what have you. It's like, there's been 11 years of these movies, and here we are talking about this one. I think the best thing I can think of beyond just like, yeah, I got to do this or whatever, is uh, seeing Captain America, the first Avenger, which I still rank fairly high in all of this. Um, seeing it, I saw it at Comic-Con where uh, Chris Evans was like doing the rounds like through all the screenings, and he was like running in and being like, hey guys, thanks for coming out to see my movie. And then we all got Mondo posters for Captain America. So I'm like, oh, oh that's sick. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's wow. cool. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. That was good. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to some other quickies. TM. We're each week. And now, now we have one movie that we like talk about. We have one movie that we released on no quickies. TM. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah? For filling in here. <laughs> trying to earn some extra credit points, I see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is for the... I get two points in the game already. Yeah, we'll see. Let's start with you. <laughs> Have you seen any other movies recently? Um, The only other movie I saw was uh, Someone Great. It's the, the Gino uh, Rodriguez, like Heath Stanfield. On the Netflix? On, on Netflix. Netflix. <clears throat> yeah. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. Um, yeah, she's a 30... I believe she's 30 years old. She's going through a breakup with Lakeith Stanfield. She's on the verge of getting a new job in San Francisco. She lives in New York. And she's going out with one uh, one last uh, big thing, big party, uh, uh, with her two best friends. So it starts off pretty good. It starts off actually really good. It has a lot of Broad City stuff in it, which I, I, I'm a big, I was a big fan of Broad City. I'm, I'm, I'm an Abbey myself. But <laughs> it goes... It, it gets dragged down with a lot of like melodramatic stuff and cliche stuff that just make it 
seemed longer than it's uh, than than it, it overstays its welcome, uh, which is kind of it's, it's kind of really unfortunate because Gina Rodriguez is the star of this thing and she's very good when she's on screen doing her thing. They just let her go. She's super entertaining. It's just the cliche stuff really drags this thing. It sucks what life uh, that I that I would have expected out of it by the end of it. So it starts off well and then gets dragged down. That's where you're going with. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Terrence, how about you? What have you seen recently? So <laughs> yesterday um, I decided for some reason to watch What Men Want. Uh, okay. The uh, Taraji uh, B. Henson star uh, remake. Yes. Reboot. Remake of uh, the pretty good Mel Gibson, Marissa Tomei film, What Women Want. It's not a legacy sequel. Mel Gibson doesn't show up with a cigar and like no. say something racist to the camera. <laughs> uh, so, no. <laughs> this movie, for, there's like a 20 minute stretch in it where it's like really good and hitting on all cylinders, and Taraji is really, really trying. But the underlying message of the film, I think, like, it, what women want made sense because it was like, you know, men rarely consider, you know, women and what their thoughts and feelings are. And so having somebody like Mel Gibson play the part and have his character go on that journey, like, that makes sense. Like, I don't really know what they wanted to tell us with, like, a woman having that power. Like everything that she thinks about her fellow and uh, coworkers is correct. Like you know, <laughs> um, you know they are jerks. All of the men in their lot in her life are, is awful. Um, it wastes a really good Aldous Hodge. So yeah, it was it was disappointing. It does have some like said twenty minutes of it really really funny, but overall it just. The message of in the script is just not there, so it's it's disappointing to see like Taraji have all of this talent and then like consistently piss pick these movies, um, like Proud Mary last year. Oh my God, yeah, like what? What are all of these January releases? Like, can you? <laughs> she has to be getting better scripts than this. <laughs> I mean, between that and her uh, Tyler Perry movies, I mean. It's... <laughs> you're making a name like she's bringing in an audience but yeah i know what you're saying as far as quality wise like you want to build an esteem yeah. that's wrapped around better scripts and i also think that so it was nice so i went to georgia tech and the basketball player that she's trying to sign was like going to georgia tech in the movie and i was like oh that's nice but outside of that they didn't really a lot of movies shoot in atlanta but like none of these movies Oh, Endgame was one that shot in Atlanta, but that was Atlanta, you know, mirroring yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Um, but, like, this movie, I think, really missed out on using Atlanta as a character. It just sort of had Atlanta as a backdrop, um, and it would have been interesting to see how that all worked. All right. Peter, how about you? Do you have a good movie you saw? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's funny. Although, he just said Atlanta. Did you see Little... I have not seen Little anybody, yet. Anybody see Little? Nope. No. Oh, okay. But I'm wondering if that might have been Atlanta. Actually, I, I didn't mind Little for what it was. In a weird way, I kind of liked it more than Shazam, if that makes sense. It's because they're kind of similar structures. I More just because I like the performers. Um, but uh, have I seen anything new? I was supposed to see nonfiction. I missed it. Did you see it, Aaron? 
I have seen nonfiction, and it's very good. I know. I'm sure it's great. Um, oh, you know what I really like? I mean, it's Netflix. I like the Beyonce Homecoming. I thought it was great. I know that's really a concert thing, but... Is that I, where that she was... fights the vulture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was... Um, I like that a lot. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like I haven't... I've been wanting to see Captain Marvel again, uh, which I heard it did well. It, it got, got like a, a, an endgame bump, right? It was number two for the weekend. Yeah, if, it, if Avengers was sold out, you could see the other Marvel movie that was in theaters. Right? <laughs> Um, so I kind of want to see that again, but uh, no, not really. I mean, like I haven't. I don't think there's anything major that I saw. Like Dumbo was a while ago, and I think we all have the same thoughts on that. It was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've seen a couple things that I'll make note of. Uh, first, it's called uh, Body at Brighton Rock. Um, this is film. It's on VOD this week in like limited release. It's directed by Roxanne Benjamin. It is a very kind of straight up some uh, uh, very minimalist uh, thriller about a female park ranger who not the best for the job she's more of an indoors person than an outdoors person but she takes on an assignment to go up the trails uh, on her trail she loses her map and find, winds up finding a body along a, along a path it's getting late so she's forced to kind of stay the night with this body to make sure nobody disrupts the crime scene and so it becomes a mix of like uh, kind of a paranoia thriller or a slasher film and even like a little bit of giallo in there and it's neat <laughs> like it 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 uh there's not a ton going on as far as like trying to you know throw a bunch of different things at you it's just more of uh, more of a singular piece about this woman stuck in this situation and it plays off some natural fears that come from that it uses the location quite well it has a lot of style like it it certainly feels like it's going for an uh, like an 80s mood piece type of thing. It actually reminded me of a the, the Thai West film House of the Devil as far as how it's oh. pre- how it's presented where it's very stripped down. I really like it, yeah, it it's it yeah. has like a grainy look to it but there's bright colors. Like it, it just has a, a neat old school feel to it. So yeah, it's like 80 it's like 80 something minutes and change. Uh it's pretty good. Like it 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 has to try to like maintain interest for its running time and i think it does a pretty good job of that like as far as a you know watching this movie one time I'm like yeah that was pretty solid i like what i saw uh so i saw that uh last week we didn't talk about any movie because we we're doing the summer movie gamble but we i did see the curse of la llorona which is kind of like a stealth entry into the conjuring universe because it has like like a one like little connection where it's like see look there it is and um uh, it's it's not like terrible like i like it more than the nun i like it more than the first annabelle uh but it is like a jump scare galore type film like it's not like moving the ball as far as providing you something unique in the scenario it sets up i had many questions about how la llorona functions in the world as far as which <laughs> when she's not haunting this one family which it seems like she could easily accomplish your goal right away and move on what else is going on <laughs> like let's 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 your own is off time like when she's, she's in her layer yeah yeah i guess <laughs> but i but regardless i the director uh, michael chavez who's lined up to direct conjuring three i can see why um it's it's a well-directed movie even if i think it overplays certain angles to kind of make it a very jump-filled horror movie i do think it has some strong visuals in it uh, I there's there was actually some Sam Raimi touches in here that I appreciated as far as how it uses the camera and how it moves around the, the house that we're mainly stuck in. So there's like there's there's enough there to be like, all right, it's fine. It's not quite good, but it's still <laughs> enjoyable um, for what it is. Uh, so yeah, 
And uh, the last film I'll mention is A Long Day's Journey Into Night. Do any of you guys know about this film? It is. I've, uh, heard, I've heard about it. Is that the one with the super long yes. 3D shot? Yeah. This is a uh, Chinese film. It's from director Gan Bi. Gone by? It's like it's a little over two hours, and the first half deals with a, a man who you, you kind of see back and forth flashbacks in his current state where he's recalling uh, this kind of a, a summer he spent with a woman like a long time ago and then he went to jail and then he gets out of jail and you you kind of you go into the situation where he's trying to kind of retrace his steps to an extent and then the second hour is a huge one-shot take that in, so if you see it in theaters, it's actually in 3D. It's this giant 3D long take that is quite remarkable in what it's trying to do. It's like it's basically him going into not necessarily like an underworld, but something like a like a like a, a personal odyssey as he tries to kind of understand the reality he's in and what he wants to discover. I found it quite good. Like it, there's a lot of you can call to mind like older filmmakers like Tartakovsky, um, but there's there's a lot of avant-garde filmmaking here that recalls like 70s avant-garde filmmakers um i think the pa- the pacing's awfully deliberate but i was drawn in by this thing this this kind of i i had a screener for it i watched it on the right night because i was just into the journey that it sets you on but I, I i like this film quite a bit long day's journey into night yeah that's on the quickies Tim. Say, um the guy who directed um <laughs> what is it la lorna what's the name la Llorona. yeah la Llorona. um i have not seen that film but um i don't know how much music music lovers you guys are, but I, I'm liking that uh, Billie Eilish uh, pop record that came out. It had a lot. Of- <laughs> I do. I really like it. But yeah, it's awesome. But the video "Bury a Friend." When I saw the video, it's very creepy, and I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "This video is like The Conjuring." And then I looked, and I was like, "He's directing Conjuring 3. And I was like, "Oh, of course he is." Like so, <laughs> so I can see the the kind of floating, and so, I'm assuming that's a part of it, like the that aesthetic. But the video very much is in that vein, uh, and it's good, very effective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like all the conjuring filmmakers and directors seem to kind of take a page from what Juan was doing with the first film. Like you can kind of see a, you can see why they connect on an aesthetic level and not just a, like plot level. Like <clears throat> they all kind of fit a certain mood. Um, but yeah, all right. We're going to move on to trailer talk. Before we do that, I will note that when we get to our Avengers review, it is going to be a spoiler review. We'll talk about the movie to some degree without spoiling anything, but we're going to jump quickly into it to kind of get into a bigger discussion. So that review is on the way. But before we get to that, we will get to our trailer talk where we talk about what are the newest movies or movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. Uh, this week we're talking Gemini Man. This is the upcoming film from director Ang Lee starring Will Smith and Will Smith. This movie, I I've been tracking this thing for a while because I know it's been uh like the script's been out there for like forever, and now it's finally been made. And true to Angley's form, he's like, I'm not just gonna make this movie. I'm gonna make it in 3D and still with 120 frames per second. Cause why not? And that's what he's done here. Yeah. And what we're getting is a film about Will Smith playing a assassin, and he has a clone of himself that appears to in based off the film, he appears like 20 years younger. That is, then they seem to be having a, what, cat and mouse type game going on. Clive Owen, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Benedict Wong also star in this film. All of that's happening. Uh, Terrence, let's start with you. What did you think of the trailer for Gemini, man? Hmm. Um, it <laughs> <Exactly>. was... <laughs> it was a trailer. Um, it starred two Will Smith. <laughs> Neither of whom was doing convincing acting 
I I just I just don't know. <laughs> I just really don't know. It feels very nineties, which I feel like it's just because the, the script has been around forever and everybody's been talking about making it and nobody's making it until now. And it's a Jerry Hyper production. I I generally trust Ang Lee, mm-hmm. but I just don't know. Particularly not that Looper, you know, is this like holy grail of of a movie, but I thought that like that sort of concept we've already done before, and this movie doesn't do, look like it's doing anything more interesting than what that film did. So I, I came out sort of like very negative on the whole thing. Darren, Peter, how about you? I thought it was okay. I I didn't really. I I did think that some of the Will Smith stuff looked a little unconvincing, like the young Will Smiths. I was like, eh, that looks okay. Um. I mean, the premise, and it was funny, I f- did not realize that was Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead, who I like in general, but I feel like I haven't seen her in a while, and I was like, I did not realize until you said it. I was like, oh, that's who that is. Um, I will say this, the thing that I'm, because I wasn't a really huge fan of, what was the one he did about the Super Bowl army thing? Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Right. Like, I, I feel like I, I am a huge, I, I'm a big Ang Lee fan, like, I, I actually really like Hulk. People hate Hulk, but in general, like, like, I'm a big Ang Lee fan. Let me shout out Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's no. won two Oscars. Let me <laughs> shout out Hulk. No, 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 no. Obviously, I love yeah, Brokeback, Life of Pot. Yes, of course, I love those more. But I'm just saying, I like his work enough that even some of the stuff that gets derided, like Hulk, I find things about it that I like. Fair I, I understand. I'm just having fun. But whereas this thing, at least <laughs> the trailer, I wasn't getting. I wasn't getting what I think of as Ang Lee sensibilities. Like I, I tend to think of Ang Lee's movies are usually people, they're usually people that are in some kind of some kind of class thing. Like they're in a certain situation, and because of their situation, they really can't get out of that. It's their job, it's their lot in life, or whatever. And like you know, sensibility, Crouching Tiger, even Hulk is kind of like that. In this one, I was like, well, I don't really, I don't really see that. But again, it's just a trailer. Um, I, I'll definitely see it because I like Ang Lee. But, yeah, it wasn't. Eh, it wasn't really pulled in. I was like, eh. So there you go. All right, Marcus. Um, I mean, okay. So the first few minutes of, of of the trailer, the CGI for me was like so awkward. I thought I was watching the Aladdin trailer, but it. I mean, it didn't really do anything for me. Uh, in all honesty, it, it seems like a film that would. Uh, It'd be like 10 years ago, Jake Gyllenhaal would, would have starred in it. But the Ang Lee Ooh. thing is interesting to me. Um, so I'll see it. All right. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I mean, you're not saying, you guys aren't saying things that are too far away from my like overall thoughts on the trailer itself. I'm more excited because right. of what's going on involved in this project more than like the initial footage that I've seen from it. I will say I did, I did like the, the, the Will, the, the dual Will Smithings going on here like i i i can agree i i mean it's not finished yet i can see that right now and if he's making this in 3d and 100 frames per second it's going to be perfected by the time it comes out later this year but at the same time i'm still thinking well yeah that's 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 a fresh prince era will smith so good on him like doing that um (laughs) yeah no I, i i'm more excited about the potential uh that i am from this like initial trailer but like 
the idea of, of Ang Lee just being like, all right, let's just do a straight up like action sci-fi flick. That intrigues me too. It's like, I'm just going to drop things down a little bit as far as my prestige goes and just say, let's do this. Let's try this out. But yeah, it's got some writers involved that I enjoyed too. David Benioff and Billy Ray. So it's like, all right, let's see what, see what they can do. Add to the, add touches to this, make it look something unique. I'm curious. I mean, Peter, you point out the, I think that's a good, that's a good point about class. I, you, there's maybe some metaphor going on here as far as a, a younger person coming after you and it's actually yourself at a younger age taking your job. Like, there's, there's some Yeah, I ideas. guess that's true. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, yeah, it's not like, I wouldn't say the trailer for this is like, oh, this is exactly Ang Lee's pedigree right here. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But, uh, it's no I, Hulk. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will look good uh, as far as the design of this thing. It'll probably have some, some good choices. But like I said, we'll see how it goes. Um, Gemini Man arrives in theaters October 11th. I think that's a week after Joker, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's right. We'll talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to our main review for Avengers: colon, Endgame. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. That should have been some of the trailer for Avengers Endgame. This movie opened, as I have already mentioned, to a ridiculous amount of money around the world this weekend, as it represents something of an unprecedented event. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is about as successful as it gets when it comes to major franchises combining to form a well-liked and highly profitable cinematic universe, and after 11 years and 21 previous films, Endgame is the culmination of what has come before it. While other films will follow, this is basically the end of the line for the original lineup of Avengers. With that in mind, the film follows the events of Infinity War as the remaining Avengers deal with the devastation caused by Thanos with possible hope that they can revert what he hath brought. Terrence, Infinity War had you guessing and screaming at who would be possibly taken out of the game. Mm -hmm. Now we have Endgame, which has arrived with a sense of finality. What did you think? Um, I loved Endgame. I liked it better than Infinity War. I, I honestly, what I was really surprised about Endgame was how funny it was. Like Mark Chris, Christopher Marcus and uh, Mc, Marcus and McFeely, um, the writers, they they deserve like a lion's share of the credit for this movie being as successful as it was because they managed to combine a lot of lot of humor, and then when they needed to, you know, turn on the drama and the stress and stomp my heart into submission they did so yeah i thought it it really did feel like a great culmination of you know 20 something movies to get to this point like that's a lot of pressure on a film and they used all of the character stuff that they had been given through all of those movies and really paid off a lot of things so yeah I, i loved it all right peter You've spent the past few years dealing with various superhero films, delivering big highs for the genre. Where would you say Endgame stands? Hmm. I mean, it's very high for just the Marvel. But if we're, I mean, you talking? We're including like the Dark Knight trilogy and like things like that. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you you talk a lot about these movies that you know how how well they do in comparison to other superhero movies. Where where are your thoughts on this one? And I, I think it. I, it would probably be pretty high for me. It, it just really feels like 
I mean, we'll get into this when we get into the review, but I mean, it re- it really does. I, I really walked away being like, wow, this is a, a pretty incredible achievement like that uh, Marvel Disney Studios have pulled off. So, I mean, yeah, it would be pretty, I don't know if like, if you're going to say like my, my, my personal favorites of what I think are like the landmark superhero films, like Superman or the Dark Knight and stuff. I'm like, I don't know where because i've only seen it once yeah where, you need some more perspective you know, i would I, say yeah um, makes sense. I, I i was very satisfied i i, I yeah and i was really <laughs> so i mean i mostly pretty positive stuff to say all right marcus yes last year we talked in person about how great black panther was yes and then infinity war took him away from all of us yes what did you think of the follow-up to a film that didn't have Black Panther to fall back on? I I gotta go with 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 Peter here. I was satisfied. I think satisfied, highly satisfied is 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 the right way to put this. <clears throat> I give it up to the Russo brothers. I think they have a lot to do here. They're juggling multiple things. I don't know how far I can go into it, but um, they're doing a lot here. Uh, uh, Terrence had to give it up to the writers. I'm giving it to the the direction here. They give us everything we want. If you're invested at all in any of this storyline, you're gonna get you're gonna go through the gamut of emotions. I think my biggest issue with any of the Avengers films, because I'm not a huge Avengers fan as far as these the ensemble Avengers movies go. Mm-hmm. This one to me, I think, got past a uh, uh, the whole thing of establishing where everybody's at, getting the band together, and then getting going with the bad guy thing. I think this the first fifteen minutes here is so masterfully crafted that it gets kind of past that. We still get the band back together stuff, but it, that first fifteen minutes really establishes that this movie's not going to drag. There's not going to be a a whole lot of the dragging exposition that I really find with these big ensemble movies, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, also, it's a three-hour movie, probably most importantly. It's a three-hour movie that doesn't feel like a three-hour movie. I didn't have to go to the bathroom once. Okay. <laughs> I hope that's on the banner of your webpage. Currently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. All right. I um... – I I also really like this movie. There are things we will talk about that I maybe don't like as much about this movie, and I'm sure we all have various quibbles we can get into or what have you, along with more heaps of praise on certain other aspects of it. But I will say I found this to be a very entertaining movie. Satisfying is certainly a great word to bring up here, because yes, there's a lot of things that take place, and there is, regardless of how things happen, there is some sense of finality to th- events and characters in this film that I, I felt satisfied with. Uh, I, we'll, I'll be happy to get into the, kind of the arcs of some of these characters too as we kind of go further into it. But yeah, there's a lot to like. And I, if you guys are praising Marcus and McFeely and the Russos, I would give some proper props to the marketing department on this movie, honestly, because there is... There's a lot of big stuff that happens in this movie that you have not seen in the trailers for this movie. Like, there are some massive things that take place where... Last year of Infinity War, it's like you pretty much knew the movie beyond what would like take place entirely and how, but you still knew that there was going to be like a massive battle at Wakanda and all this stuff. This movie, there are certain things that take place like, regardless of your speculation on it, like you don't see this coming visually because you have no reference for it, and it's a, it's amazing that 
I mean, obviously, Infinity War serves as a giant trailer for what's to come, but at the same time, <laughs> you could have given that away in the marketing for this one, but they're like, no, we're just going to kind of give you some, like, these guys that you know are still around are still around, and they're still going to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, to add to that, I appreciated what they gave those guys that were st- and gals that were still around to do something. Um, if I had a... Some may recall, and some of you guys may recall, Infinity War... I had issue with as far as the lack of characterization, which I can understand is purposeful given the nature of the film, and I still think there could have been a way to handle that better. This film is the film that gave me the things that I wanted as far as seeing the arcs of these characters kind of develop more, having these interactions that meant something, which led to a finale that had more impact because I got those moments. I I described Infinity War comparable to Kill Bill Volume 1, this one feels like volume two, which is a slower film. It is more focused on characters speaking with each other and having revelations and what have you. And there's a lot of that here. In addition to massively satisfying major sequences that take place. Uh, so yeah, I was a big fan. Uh, there's a lot to like. And with that, I will now say we're going to enter the spoiler portion of this review. So if you're not part of the $1.2 billion worth of people that saw this movie <laughs> this weekend, uh, be sure to pause it. <laughs> and uh, go see it and then come back and be like oh yeah this is where I left off of the podcast uh, but then you can listen to other podcasts you know do whatever you want after that but this one this is where it is at um, so alright um, <laughs> big question right away who's leading Wakanda in, uh, during this whole time uh, while T'Challa's gone is, is, is M'Baku like in the joint is he, is, he, is he doing taking place that's what I was thinking but it might be because the did Angela Bassett get dusted too I don't. They didn't clarify if she did or not. She was just kind of there at the end, right? So yeah, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, that's not the biggest question. <laughs> uh, I guess the biggest question that I think like many people watching this film have now or whatnot. The big question I have for you guys, because honestly, I didn't have an issue with it. Did you guys like the use of time travel in this movie? I did. Um, yes. I did. I, it's funny. Um, I I did. Uh, but I'm I'm curious as to I, I've already seen on my social media feeds that like a lot of my friends have already seen this already twice they've already seen it the second time and I'm wondering I've seen it twice oh you oh I didn't know you seen it. okay uh and you were one of them uh, I didn't know I don't know how well the middle section which is basically the time travel stuff I'm not sure how rewatchable that will be even though I think it works very well, and I think it's it's very clever. And if and if I can say, I, I think it's a great idea to use the time travel device to kind of make us aware of how this has been something eleven years in the making. You know, to to take yeah. us to these very specific points in the last decade of these movies is a really great idea. Like I never, I didn't see that coming. I'm just not sure how rewatchable that is. You know, like but but again, again, I've only seen it once. So Aaron, you've seen it twice. You can tell me if you're like, yeah, it's fine. You know? I find it very watchable because I really like those moments. I will say right now, my favorite scene of this movie is when Thor talks to his mother um, for a variety oh, that was of reasons. Great. Yeah. One, one of which is just obviously very relatable to myself, but also I, I think I like the, I like the main trio of actors here. I like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, as far as them being characters that all got their own cinematic trilogy be along with these Avengers movies. And I think each of those characters is well-rounded out. I really like Thor. Like I've always been a cap fan in this series, but I feel like Thor might've edged his way to the top for me. in This movie's like, I, I think his, the things he's gone through in this series and how 
these last couple movies, Ragnarok, Infinity War, and this movie have kind of given even more depth to his character, even as he's gotten more comedic. I think it works really well to give you a satisfying, tragic arc as far as a man right. that loses everything that he's had uh, compared to other characters where things that happen off screen or outside of the movies, Thor has actually lost everything during this film series and seeing how that takes a toll on him, I think is fascinating and seeing, getting, giving him a chance to talk to his mother about that is very emotional. Um, mm -hmm. And it also gives Renee Russo a lot to do um, for a scene, given that she doesn't have a lot to do in her own movies that she, you know, was in one of them and then died in the other. So this is like, oh, this is a nice sequence. And it just, it just, I think it's just really well nice. As far as the time travel stuff in general, it speaks to all of them. Robert Downey Jr. gets a great sequence with uh, John Slattery. And even uh, Cap gets to, he gets to have a lot of fun, actually, with fighting himself and, like, seeing Peggy in the window at one point. Like, there's, there's just... Yeah. Sure. Sure, you, you have to add, yeah. The time travel, if I really think about the rules <laughs> of how they said time travel worked then like it won't work for me so i've just like not cared about those rules <laughs> i threw, threw them out just like uh marcus and mcfeely seem to do in t but i think in terms of like because i a co-worker of mine spoiled mentioned that time travel was going to be evolved in this movie like two months ago so that was always sort of present in my mind so i knew that going in but i don't and even though I like saw a set photo here and there, where it was like, oh, like they're redoing Battle of New York. I thought that they were just like going back to, you know, maybe relive that moment, or like, and not in the way that they sort of did here, where they were trying to get the stones, but just like mm -hmm. that by virtue of in order to defeat Thanos, it was like we maybe we have to like find, we go back to our past selves and sort of have to find the key things in order to, to move forward, uh, not where there's like a duplicate copy of you running around uh, Gemini Man style, but trying to get rid of these stones <laughs> rather than. But like all of those moments worked for me because those were like key points in these characters' stories. So like seeing Cap walk up to that elevator, I was, you know, all prepared for him to beat everybody down again. But then taking like the Hill Hydra route, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. You know, or Thor, you know, essentially almost blowing up the plan that they had, you know, on Asgard <clears> to <throat> talk to his mother. I thought that that scene worked really well. So it, it was like so much of the time travel was like, it was like fun and, and frilly, mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, we're back on this army base. Or, oh, we're back at the Battle of New York. But they like couched it in character. So like Tony getting to recontextualize his entire relationship with his father in the span of like 10 minutes on screen, you know, I, I can do with like the rules of time travel, not making sense with those character moments in there as well. I'll just add that. I don't think the film betrays its own logic. It's nonsense, but all time travel is <laughs> nonsense because it's not real. Uh, but yeah. I, I do think that the movie, I, I mean, I'll put it this way. Marcus and McFeely, I mean, They've thought about everything that we're thinking about. Like it's not it's not like they just like, yeah, we'll just write this and, you know, don't need to double check it. Like I feel like they have an idea of what they're trying to do here. And the only way to clarify it for everybody that's writing every article online right now is just to make a six hour movie. Which is like, I don't need that, but I'm not cut yeah. up in it the same way. I I don't deny that there's 
probably some sort of plot holes you can pick into it if you really think about every single aspect of it. But I think as far as juggling all of these components to make a three-hour movie that stuffs this aspect into it along with everything else going on, the math seems to check out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think the most important part is even if it was not the easiest way to get into this thing, once we get to the time travel stuff, it's super entertaining. In the moments, of course, yes. too. Yeah, I mean, yes, those are all great. We were reminded of everything. We're oh, it's 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 really cool to to be just oh yeah, I remember that. I remember this, and then we're going through different avenues and uh, all that. If you, it, I'm going with Terrence. If you break it down too much, maybe it'll get a little frustrating. And it's 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 a Marvel movie. I, I don't I don't necessarily need to break it down that much i don't need that six hour thing like you said once you get me into that entertainment any entertainment nostalgia kind of time travel heist time heist whatever they called it (laughs) it works it's it's entertaining it's entertaining nostalgia it's nostalgic it's it's kind of everything i wanted it was a good idea very good idea I will add to Peter, your comment is about rewatchability. I think it's exactly what Terrence said. It's because it's couched in character. That's what's going to make me want to watch these scenes again. Like I could give or take some of the action scenes of this movie, which I don't think are that great as far as the action on display, as far as the kind of the, the, the rousing nature of them. Sure. There's a lot of that to be had in this film, but as far as the design of the action scene was like, yeah, all right, there's just a bunch of CG stuff flying all over the place. That's my take on it. And we'll get to that more, I suppose. But, yeah, seeing these characters interact with one another in those sequences, that's a lot of fun for me. I think that, that's that's going to keep standing up when I revisit this three-hour movie on occasion. I can, I can certainly see what you're saying, So, and I am looking forward to seeing it again. Um, one thing I'd like to add is that, I don't know about you, but going into this film, especially before seeing Captain Marvel, at the end of Infinity War, I know a lot of my friends, we were all wondering or we were all thinking that Carol Danvers at Captain Marvel was going to have a very big role to play in, uh, in, in Endgame. So then we see Captain Marvel and we're like, okay, well, it's a, it's a big nineties like thing. And she's super powerful. I'm not really sure we see the Easter egg or whatever. And it's interesting because like, she's not like, she's, I mean, she's fine. I like Brie Larson and everything, but I would say the MVP of the movie beyond the original six is really, uh, what is what is Ant-Man's? What's Paul Rudd's character's name? Scott Lang. Scott Lang. It's really him. Because like you just said, it's a time heist. I mean, the entire the entire structure is pretty much because of his character and everything. And so that's kind of a cool thing that I didn't see coming. That it's like, oh, that's really what's so important is that he was in we see an Ant-Man and the Wasp, but he was stuck in the quantum realm. I didn't I mean, I knew I figured it would be something, but I really thought Captain Marvel, because she's so powerful. I figured she would be a major part of taking out Thanos, whereas Ant-Man, you know, that's the thing that's kind of charming about Paul Rudd's character is he's not, he's, he's like, not really, he's a superhero kind of, but he's, he's not really like kick ass or anything. So that's really cool that what he, what he brings to the table is a huge part of the end game of the story. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, before we talk about, I think some of the more major characters, let's talk about some of the supporting characters and the kind of the time the film allots to them and starting with Captain Marvel. I mean, you're not wrong, Peter. She does bring power to the table. She is the, she's a big reason why they, you know, get Thanos the first time. And even the second time she's super powerful. So she can fight him. She can take a headbutt from Thanos and not blink an eye. Like that's great. Like good for her as far as what she contributes. 
yeah, it's not a matter of look how powerful I am, so that's what's going to stop you. It's about an, a combination of different things that lead to the, you know, the the ultimate payoffs there, or what have you. But in terms of her role in the film and the other roles, I mean, yeah, I I would agree. I think Paul Rudd's a lot of fun here. I think Karen Gillan gets a lot to do that I oh, think yeah. makes yeah. a big difference. And I was yeah. I would I would call her one of the the big MVPs as far yeah, as performance I, wise because there's a lot of different shades that she's playing here. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah I, I loved Karen Gillum. Um, a quick note on Captain Marvel. I think they shot Infinity War and Endgame before they shot her solo film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard that too. So, But yeah, I think Karen Gillum, to use a Game of Thrones reference, you know, having all of these established rules about time travel is very much the same way of like hiding in the crypts when the Night King is coming. If there is a fatal flaw in the plan, it will will be shown up regardless of how safe you think the thing is. So having her be like, oh, you know, Thanos, me and Gamora, we're looking for these stones, not realizing that like, because she's part, you know, computer, that like she can be hacked in the current timeline. And it's like a split split consciousness. I was like, oh, shoot. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I thought it was great. And, And sort of going back to character, like the reason why Gamora ends up helping them in the end is like, you know, where she's like, oh, I tried to kill you many times, but like eventually we became sisters. And that is the thing that is the key to help her be able to, you know, do what she needs to do. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel in this movie, she's, she's very much like, she's like the weapon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're just going to point her in the direction of where she needs to go and she's going to, you know, help hold Thanos down so Thor can chop off his head or like, you know, get headbutted and but also run with the gauntlet like it's football. She, but I, the way I feel about her is very much the same way I feel about if the Green Lanterns ever showed up in the DCU. It's just like, why? Okay, like yes, all these other galaxies, that's cute. But like, what about us here? What about your home planet? <laughs> How about you? You know, help save us. So yeah, but it was it was fun getting to see her. Yeah, she was she was busy being a space cop. She had to space cop her way all over the place. So yeah. You got a new haircut. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. new haircut. Um, what's very, you know, it's interesting because I had, I was pretty sure we were going to do a time jump. Uh, I don't know why. No, I don't I don't think I had heard any spoilers or anything, but I think people were talking about how in the trailer, maybe Steve Rogers has a beard and then later doesn't. Or, well, and Scarlett Johansson gets her red hair back versus right, having the blonde hair. It was kind of like, but which I. They, which they did alter in certain shots, so it didn't really. I mean, yes, you can see that there was time shifting based off hairstyle choices, but they're still messing with you as far as what things are going on and what. But go on, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I just, but that was another thing that I thought it, it's, I mean, I've heard that some of the criticism, not criticism like it's a bad thing or anything, but like it, you know, the Marvel Universe has gotten so big and I thought it was really smart that essentially the movie really is basically the original six. Mostly, I know that, yes, uh, Nebula is there and so is Ant-Man. Raccoon, so, like, yeah. but, but it is in general the main Avengers. But you really, we really get, we get no sense of like how the rest of the planet, like how big of a deal that would be. And I guess in a way, that's why the movie opens with Hawkeye and his family. Because I guess exactly. You could say, well, that's kind of a stand-in for how it probably is for most people on the planet. Like, because we really don't deal with anybody else. 
like normal humans. But well, it's... yeah, we we get the like Cap having his uh powwow with the random people, the survivors in this <laughs> oh, meeting right. scene. You're right. We you're yeah right. yeah. Uh, but we there's not a lot of time, I guess, in uh with that. But it's fine. Like I don't, you know. Uh, well, what? Let's, let's let's talk about that though. Let's expand on that a bit because I I do, I I I agree with you to a point. I do think. I mean, this is a summer blockbuster. At the same time, it's a sequel to Infinity War, where this major event happened, and I think you have to be tricky at how you how much you show as far as what the devastated world looks like. And I do like, but I do like the touches they have there. I like the opening sequence a lot. I think showing you Hawkeye because he is a he's a normal person that's absurdly skilled with a bow and arrow, but like, yeah, he has a family, and seeing him lose everything right away. That's a great way to kind of sync you up again with, oh yeah, this is what the stakes are. This is what's going on. This is this is the drama here, and make, blending that with things like San Francisco, and you see all the the vanished, all those different plaques that Ant Man comes across to try to find his daughter and everything, and just the shot, honestly, the shots of New York that are empty and the gray that they use, the palette that they use. Like I, I'm not the biggest fan of Russo of the Russos visual direction at times i think it comes off a little bland and that just comes from them being more part of the marvel machine than like deliberate auteurs at the same time i do think they do a lot of good work here uh, especially on second viewing i was trying to take nut stock of how much they were trying to do visually in this film and i do think there's a lot going on to kind of at marcus as you were saying in that first 15 minutes that kind of mm-hmm. dials you into the mood of this film right. I, I do i need like a leftover style revisit of how tragic everything is I don't know. Maybe could I, maybe I could have used a little more. But I don't know if that would make me feel good about the rest of the movie, though. Maybe I'd just be too sad. I, but, uh, I, I think they, they, they <laughs> do. Did, I think they do a good job. He did. They did do a good job of having that kind of le- leftovers atmosphere when they needed it, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. The only thing though is I. I think that I agree with what you're saying, but where where I think where I think by um by somewhat not emphasizing too much the the regular normal citizen experience citizen of the world's experience i think they sort of run into a little trouble at the end once because i mean i've asked many people this and we all sort of have the same answer because we we're in the spoiler section right yes yeah so once peter parker goes back once everything's settled and peter goes back and he sees his friend is it ned is that his yeah. friend ned Lee. Well, i'm like well wait a minute it's five <laughs> years later they would all be in college or are they conveniently going to say, well, apparently all of Peter's key friends were all dusted. So that's why they're all back. And I mean, I guess so, but that's where, that's where it breaks down a little because Peter as a character is someone who really deals with normal people, unlike a lot of our gods like Thor and stuff. So that's why I'm like, eh, what was with this? You know, I mean, I, I would say that's for Spider-Man's next movie to deal with, honestly. But they all look like they're still well, they maybe graduated high school and they're going away on a European tour. Is that the trailer? I think. Is well, it? they're going. On, they're going on a European tour. We don't know what part they're is in. It, yeah. In it it in it <laughs> but like, regardless, I mean, you're going off of you saw people come to school. You can't assess whether or not they're the same people or new people or old people or. They're... No, you're right. I just, yeah, I'm curious to see. Yeah, I, I, I but I, I, the. The essence of what you're saying is you would have liked to see more of a, like, well, this is how it was at the beginning. How is it like in the end? And I can right. get that. I think in it, if there's an issue with Avengers films, is that it's from the perspective of the Avengers. So, yeah, you don't get too much of an outsider 
point of view. Yeah. I would say Whedon, I think, actually does a good job of those in his Avengers movies as far as giving you kind of some elements to create. So much so that he's like, let's do it in Justice League and have a random Russian family involved. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> Please, let's not, let's not relive that terrible time. Well, one thing I do want to say about sort of I I liked that. I mean, any any scene with Captain America is going to be a good scene for me because I like <laughs> he's my favorite character. But I really did like that scene of like um, sort of the survivors group. Uh, one because I immediately caught on to, I guess that was Joe Russo saying that he went on a date with a guy, and I was like, what? Okay, gays in the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. But Cap in that group, like trying to convince himself by convincing them that they all have to move on mm-hmm. I thought was really great because like you you're we've seen these characters at like these super high highs and they've defeated everybody and now they're super low but they're still standing as symbols to other people so like seeing the little cracks in the armor you know leftover style I thought was really good because you see the just their desperation mm-hmm. to make them all actually go on a time travel. Cause like Tony Stark figuring it out is one thing like in Scott Lang being like, Oh, we can go to the quantum realm is another, but like how, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how are you actually going to do that? Can you actually do that? You know, cap the craziest thing he's seen, you know, is people turn to dust and then, you know, being frozen in ice for 70 years. Like, that character being like, oh yeah, we're just gonna go time travel, is is and same thing with N- Natasha seeing her break down a bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, really helped. Although I have to say, I just was not moved by her death. I agree. Uh, <laughs> not through any fault of her own, and not that the way it was orchestrated wasn't good because like I, I saw this with my roommate and I turned to him. I was like, so who's getting thrown off the cliff? Yeah. Um, did, did, did it come off to you as like uh, they were trying to get rid of it was the two lowest characters, the two least yeah, cared about characters all, and they were just fighting to see who would. Oh, I mean, they well, conveniently snack the two characters that have like the, <laughs> the biggest relationship to each other yeah. that happen to also be human and happen to be most, the most expendable. I, it would seem. I, I liked <laughs> I liked that scene just because when it got really dark in the beginning, I began to care about the general Jeremy Renner Hawkeye character. I never cared about. I began to, I liked the black widow stuff. I, yeah, I, I dug it. So by the time it got to that point, I was kind of in it. I liked it. I just wasn't moved because I felt like we spent a lot of time one knowing that they should just scrap the prequel movie. Um, had we gotten a black widow prequel at some point before this, and then we had her consistently talking about how all she wanted was a family and like she was doing all of these, like it was just a lot of talk about how bad she used to be, but like we haven't seen that or experienced it. So like this ultimate sacrifice, I was like, oh, it's very valid. And the way that they did it, where both of them were like fighting to be the person to die, I thought was really good. Just like ultimately her death didn't move me because I didn't feel the gravitas of that moment because she I has, don't she has the least to lose of anybody like there's there's yeah beyond the other Avengers feeling sad about it like, and, and I also was like they're not killing off a father when they're like <laughs> when he's about to get his family back you know mm-hmm. over the course of the movie I so yeah I just I just wasn't moved I I mean 
similar reasons also it just it goes for the action as well it's like there there are a lot of repeated moments that i've seen already like i saw this play out much more effectively in affinity war with thanos and gamora and the, there are there are more stakes there because we know gamora we know her backstory we know the relationship she has like there's more that you lose and you're still developing Thanos at that point like it's an interesting counterpoint to see what's going on here with the emotions on display this is the motivations are all over the place as far as Hawkeye and Black Widow go and I'm just like <laughs> we're, we're watching this whole sequence play out again and I know what the resolution is going to be regardless of who it is but yes at the same time I'm also thinking it has to be Black Widow it just doesn't make any sense for <laughs> to be the other <laughs> way around and I honestly I mean I the concept of them fighting over who kills himself is like that's kind of neat but at the same time the execution of it i'm just thinking all right uh, what once they both jump over the cliff and then he's using like the 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 the, the batman grappling hook or whatever <laughs> it's like yeah right, it was really, too long we really milked all the opportunities of right. which one i could honestly do thought both of them were gonna like fall and that the soul stone was gonna be like oh neither of you has to die because both of you sacrificed yourselves um oh i didn't think of that I, I, I think I would have hated that if they're like, oh, it counts, it counts it out. Like, never mind. I mean, I, okay, you guys are, I will, can I say this though? I agree with you that um, I like Scarlett Johansson. I like Black Widow, but I agree that her and, and Hawkeye have always been, not just because they're human, but they've, they've been the least kind of developed in the series. And I would agree with all that. However, I will say that I was moved when they come back. And obviously it's a huge deal to Hulk. Like it's a big deal to Bruce Banner that he lost. And I love that moment. It's like, a big deal to all of them, honestly. Like they all well, had the, like, like, like oh, yeah. uh, Cap, Cap had a like winter soldier. They like well, were all together yeah. a lot and Downey and her, they were together in the. Yeah. So I just see like, the effect that it had on those characters worked, I guess. So yeah. even if the big cliff scene didn't quite emotionally get me, I think the aftermath did. So I found mm. that like moving. Let's talk about uh, Ruffalo a little bit as Hulk, as um, his like, sweater, comfortable Hulk. Like, what, 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 <laughs> I like that Hulk. I was not prepared for that at all. He needed sweats. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty great idea that, like, all if I'm right, most of the Avengers by this movie have all come to some kind of conclusion about their where they are in their life and stuff. And you know, as I recall, the first. First time we see Bruce Banner in Avengers, it's with Natasha. Is it with Natasha? Yeah, she, she goes to find goes him to bring him in. Yeah, and he's very uncomfortable with who he is and Hulk. And then you finally get to him being what I call Professor Hulk, where it's like he's full. With I love it. I was like, oh, that's great. You know, like that. I'm really happy for him. You know, so I like Zen, Zen Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to. I liked when he he was trying to flip over cars and like ah. Right. I was like, okay. That yeah, scene with him taking the selfie with the and he dabs. Oh him. yeah, that's the, good. Well, like when first off, Ant Man. Nobody knows Ant Man. Like why, why would he? <laughs> and those kids, they would be like two when he when like Civil War happened. Like what is he trying to get out of this? Like, they, don't, they don't know who this guy is. Although I'm surprised they didn't know who Captain America. That was my thought too. I was like, yeah. Captain America's right there. Like, <laughs> like surely you know him. He's probably on. He's probably in your schools doing yeah. your your videos. <laughs> but yeah, I I really like the professor. I I think it's it was it was great, and I really like. I liked the, the, once again, to Aaron's point about the marketing, they did not ruin that at all. You know, they did not see that coming. I, I was did, thought that was great. Did you like him better than Fat Thor? Ooh, I liked, ooh. You know, I was worried. I was a little worried that Fat Thor 
<laughs> well, like, even though I thought it was, it's a great visual kind of moment when you first see him drinking and he's hanging out with uh, the director, right? Taikiki, because uh, yeah. he's the right. creature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a good moment. But then I was like, well, and then he's just going to turn into kick-ass Thor again. But they don't. I mean, he yeah. pretty much stays that way through the whole movie. So I, I think by the end of the movie, I respected that choice to do that with Thor. But I didn't quite know if they were gonna if they were gonna commit to it when it when they sure. when you first see it. If it was just gonna be a gag. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I thought that worked really well too. Marcus, what do you think of Hemsworth? Uh, I love I, uh, I my favorite was was uh, sweater Hulk, but the 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 fat Thor worked for me. Um, you're right when he goes through it goes through a progression. At first, it's kind of like a uh, he's he's the butt of the butt of the joke. He's yelling at little kids on on Fortnite. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he has to go back in time. He's talking to his mother. He's ashamed, and he goes through all these kind of uh, this ebb and flow of just emotional roller coaster until the end when he discovers who he really is. He's given up his reign. He wants to do this. This is what he wants to do in life. I, I think his is one of the most interesting storylines in the entire movie. That start that could have just been some kind of bit. Yeah. Well, it is because I mean, you have a character that's a god, so it's right. like, how do you make that interesting? And I feel like the movies have found a way to do that, regardless of how much you like the Thor movie specifically. I do think the character is interesting. Yeah. And these movies have helped with that as well. Uh, and honestly, this, mm-hmm. in in this discussion, is making me think a lot about Superman, and I don't want to take this away from from Marvel, but I do think Thor is really fascinating in a sense of that, like. Ragnarok is pretty funny as a movie, um, but it's like his entire planet <laughs> gets destroyed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loses his hammer, uh, loses his father, you know, uh, lost a brother, you know, thought he lost a brother and, and didn't. The whole, everything is just terrible, but it's still, you know, in a sense, very funny and, and moving. Uh, and so here it was like with Fat Thor, it was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what a Superman movie could be if somebody like, found the humor um but also like the seriousness of being like this god who's also had like people that he's lost um i thought that when he got the hammer back in stormbreaker that 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 lightning was going to sap him back into chris hemsworth uh selling us a, a fitness app shape on instagram <laughs> um but it didn't and i think that that was a stronger choice i agree uh, I see a lot. I've seen a lot of comments from Shazam talking about different things, and even with this movie, people talking about you know the, the shape that Thor is in and, and what that means. But I thought that that you know him fighting like that and rediscovering his purpose uh, felt really genuine. And, and Chris Hemsworth is really good in this part, so that yeah. was nice to see. I'm sure as Guardians of the Galaxy will give him a chance to get back into fighting weight. Yeah, um, oh, him and him and Peter Quill are about to. Uh, James Gunn knows what is good for that movie he will have like a shirtless training montage of them both getting back in the shape uh but it's it's good stuff i mean and we talk about the the fat thor thing like i'm not i'm not i mean i'm laughing at like the gag initially and it's fun like to see the other characters react to him but i'm not laughing at him specifically because this is what tragedy looks like i mean this guy has lost everything and he's partially responsible for the snap that happens so it's like yeah, I see it. I see. I see why he's bawling while trying to recap Thor: The Dark World for everybody to explain how the ether works. Like it's good stuff. 
but that scene, by the way, is hilarious of him trying to like recap the events of Thor: The Dark World to make sense to things, and everyone's reactions are like really funny. Uh, like Ant Man sitting there, like, yeah, all right, like he's trying to go along with this, <laughs> this story. Yeah. Just, like... <laughs> oh, there's there's a lot of fun stuff there. Well, we talk about it. Hemsworth. Let's talk about some of the other. Uh, we'll get to let's get to Evans, I guess. Terrence, you mentioned Evans earlier, and as far as his reactions as Cap, um, and the like, the group meeting scene. I I would contend that the facial reactions he's giving while trying to explain everything or like explain how we should move on, that's some of Evans's best acting. Like yeah. I think there's so much going on is in his face as he's trying to convince himself of this thing, as you were saying. Like it, there's so many like different ticks he's doing or whatnot, and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel showy. And I think he gets a lot of those little quiet moments where he doesn't he just mm-hmm. like stares off, and you can kind of see what's going on in his head. It, it just it works. I, I it leads it leads well into the end of this film. By the time you get to him as old man Steve. And yes. it's like, yeah, I get that. I get why he would make that choice, given everything he's gone through, what we've seen him have to contend with, and what challenges have been thrown his way. I, I understand where that, where he stands at that point. But, yeah. Uh, uh, every, everything cat-related in this movie was great. Um, and I think, I think one key thing to always remember about Steve Rogers is he is very selfish, whether he was, you know, 100 pounds or, you know, 195 and and all muscly uh he's very selfish and so like he has a singular drive for the things that he wants and i thought that was really great to see that on display here like he he took that tongue lashing from tony early in the movie i felt like that have you seen that meme where like the cat is holding on to two people's sweaters and is like yelling <laughs> like and that was like that was like me with tony and steve i was like please stop fighting um but yeah i think <laughs> I think that Cap's journey in this movie was really like he got to, you know, fight himself, which was great, and then ended up winning by mentioning the fact that Bucky was still alive. <laughs> alive. That was really great. I mean, but my, I mean, my favorite moment was him picking up Thor's hammer. Oh yeah, <laughs> I legitimately screamed <laughs> in the Disney theater that we saw this in when that happened um, because I've been waiting for that moment since he squeaked it in Age of Ultron and then when they had Vision pick up the hammer I was like oh I never we're never going to get that for Cap and I just thought it was I, I loved and then I loved the idea that at the end he was like I have done all of this for all of these people like I really should do something for myself and stayed with Peggy. And then one of the three moments that I cried in this film was when he handed the shield off to Sam hmm. uh, because of what that meant for both those characters and for Chris Evans as the actor, like a literal passing of, of the, of the torch slash shield. Um, the, the, what it made me think of is how terrible of a character Bucky is because there's nothing there. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you got pa- passed up for the promotion. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Like, I, I admire that Steve has a lot of goodwill towards his friend Bucky, but, like, Bucky is, to me, has never been a character. <laughs> like, he's he's been this thing Ooh. that you really that... need to attach yourself to in First Avenger, which, yeah. given that, given how I'm in the minority of people that love the First Avenger, I'm like, how do people care about Bucky this much? Like, I don't, so, I don't get it. <laughs> what I will say is I do think that they botched Bucky and Steve at the end. Um, I think, I don't know. I guess they felt like it was just not important. But, like, 
Bucky and Steve is the love story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not romantic love, but just, you know. Friendship love. Friendship. You know, and so, because this is what I mean by Steve being so, I mean, Steve literally contributed to bringing up the adventures over Bucky. And so in this movie, I thought that that was kind of mishandled, but I think that they were like, we have this beat with Peggy we're trying to play and that's more important. But yeah, I just, I really want to own this movie just so I can fast forward to the battle where he was using Thor's hammer and the shields. Uh, oh, yeah. He was getting in some hits on Thanos with the with his double yeah. weapons. <laughs> oh no, that was it was amazing. And that just felt so that just felt so earned and so surprising. Like that came out of nowhere. <laughs> but it really worked, so I, I enjoyed it. I would say there's a lot of moments that kind of pay off other movies, especially for fans of these, and I think we'll We'll get to that as well. I want to finish up on Evans, and we'll get to Downey because we haven't talked about him at all. But uh, Peter, do you have anything to add on a? No, I mean, I, I it's funny because I am. Um, I will say that uh, I guess I'm the dissenter here. I was. I specifically remember being at seeing Captain America: First Avenger, uh, and I think the screening was in 3D. And I was. I'm not a huge mm. 3D person, and I remember being pretty meh on uh, on First Avenger. And then uh, I think after that is maybe after that is Avengers and then Winter Soldier is Winter Soldier after Avengers. It's that, yes. not directly, but yes, it's but, t- chronologically the movie takes came out after. Yes. Oh, no, no. Right, right. But I will say that, like, I have become a fan of Evans and of of Captain of Steve Rogers over time with these movies. And so that, yes, by the end him having that dance that he's always talked about with Peggy. It's great. It's a really great emotional moment. And I, I loved it. I loved it. But I will say that, yes, I was not the biggest. I, I, I mean, Wait, not even the, if you didn't like yeah. First Avenger, you didn't like Steve? Like Steve didn't get for you? Him it's jumping the, on the grenade? <laughs> I know. I just, I don't know. But I will say I rewatched First Avenger a couple of years ago and I liked it more. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I like, I like this more than I thought I did, but Still, it's still on the lower end of me for the of the Marvel movies. Um, but yeah, so but to me, that's just a credit towards how much I I've, I've really either seen growth or I've just really appreciated uh, what Evans is Evans and the writers and stuff have done with that character. Because I wouldn't disagree yeah. with that part as far as I do think him and Hemsworth, for that matter, have evolved as actors. Oh yeah, and, over, yeah, you know. yeah, and Hemsworth. Right. Uh, but yeah, because I don't not a huge Thor movie. Although our friend uh, Scott Mendelson apparently uh, says that that second Thor movie I need to rewatch, which I always thought was not that great. But don't so. do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't. It's I not worth it's, it. It's better than at least three other Marvel movies. <laughs> um, it's one of the best shot Marvel movies. I keep saying this because I re- I did rewatch it, and it, it was before they had it was before they had to stop going to other countries and just use Georgia for everything. So it looks great. Like you get Iceland, you get some, you get London, you get a lot of great scenery. Thor two is the worst Marvel film. It's not the worst Marvel film. What about Iron Man three? In a world where Incredible Hulk exists, Thor, Incredible Thor Hulk the Dark is World is the like, third word. Who doesn't like Iron Man 3? I, I really like Iron Man 3. Lots of people hate Iron Man 3. I don't, I don't like Iron Man I don't really... I didn't really care for it. Well, I fell asleep, but I, when I saw it the second time, I didn't really care for it. Regardless, so we've, we've talked about Evans. <laughs> but either way, yes, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I very much like his journey, and I'm yeah. so happy. I'd Let's talk to... about Downey. Um, the, the, you know, the big star of this franchise. Um, let's talk about. It. I think he does great work here. Um, I 
I don't tend to be like this needs an Oscar because I don't care to say everything needs to have an Oscar every time I see a good performance. But I do think uh, Downey is very good in this movie. I, I think he he gets to play a number of levels here, mainly because of how depressed his character is and getting a you know getting to have a daughter like gives him some things to play with as well. But I, I there was enough going on in all of this to make yeah to make me quite emotional when by the time of the end of this movie when he when he dies I, I do think yeah. everything that comes together to put him into this final moment where he is the one to save everything it it feels earned and then i very much like the interactions he has at the end of his journey i think they're the right set of people to kind of talk to him but even getting to that point there's a lot of great moments i think him talking like i mentioned him talking about john slattery i think that's a lot of fun of him talking with howard stark uh, about himself essentially Uh, the that moment you mentioned, Terrence, where he comes out of the ship, or no, what, later on when he's sitting at the table and he's in the wheelchair and he starts yelling at Cap. Like, yeah. there's a lot of good stuff there. But how about you guys? What did you guys think of Downey? Well, wait, did he? Did am I wrong? At the end, he has a moment with Peter and he has a moment with obviously with Pepper. Does he not have a moment with Steve Rogers? No, no. He has a moment. He like oh, Rhodey's Rode, yeah. there. Rhodey's there. Yeah. And then, and then Spider Man's there. Sorry, Peter Bart. And then and then Pepper comes. Those are those are to me. Those are the right three people that he should be talking. To. I mean, I yes. you're right. I would not put any of those three above Evans, but I don't know. I wouldn't mind it a scene with Evans. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I really like Pepper saying we're going to be okay. Right. Uh, the, pep, so, the Pepper things when I started crying because I <laughs> the, I like, lost the, it because when I was like. They are putting Tom Holland in this scene just to manipulate me, and I, the, I, and and I know it. And these tears are still gonna fall. Yeah, like the Tom Holland thing—that was the wind-up. But then when Pepper co- and just like having the—and that's a testament to just how great those two have been throughout this whole series. I think that all the the stuff with Downey and Paltrow, I think, has always been very good. Uh, and they just have like a great chemistry together. But then again, Downey has chemistry with pretty much everybody. That's why he's, you know what he is um, but i think the yeah the, the 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 lines that they give her to say to him i think are pretty perfect like right. they, it's not about over exaggerating anything it's just saying the simplest of things in a moment where you don't have anything else you can say to this person that's dying and it gets you like it's so it's so perfect it's the we'll get to all this but let's talk more about downey before we get I, to the, I, the the giant finale that happens in this movie i i do really enjoy that he was i don't i believe he's the only character that's coming out of kind of a upturn up kind of a he's still depressed but he's kind of going on an uptick in his life everybody else is dealing with this thing alcoholism that thing not being able to to get over this not he's he's had a family he's depressed but he's he's trying to start his life he's living pretty comfortably and they he has to make that decision to get out of that comfortableness to basically save everybody and sacrifice himself so i think that's why i think that's that was a big reason for me why this his storyline worked here yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, also by the way, side note, I thought uh, props to I'm assuming it's effects. He really does look pretty malnourished when they yeah get yeah they, they, oh they slimmed him down for. I mean, he's stuck in space for you know two weeks or whatever. Like, yeah, it's probably, it's probably sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. That... But, yeah, I thought that was really effective. Um, but his also, I thought it they they, they did a terrific job of of. Because we really we've it's been since Civil War that Cap and Tony have not 
you know, have had that big, you know. Yeah, they haven't reconciled their actual well, differences. Not together yeah. at all in Infinity War. So it's like you finally get to see them come to blows and they're upset. Tony's really upset. And it all comes. I mean, it worked pretty well that I was like, oh, because you really just want them to be friends again. You're just like, oh, come on. Like, well, I agree. I, I like that they mm-hmm. don't drop that. I feel like some I think some people have forgotten that they haven't seen each other since Civil War happened and they didn't leave on good terms there. So, yeah, when it's coming, it's like, yeah, he's hitting them hard of stuff because they're still pissed off. Like, he's yeah, totally. he's uh, especially, that... specifically towards him. Though, I mean, the that last thing he said, is, the last thing he said is like when he took the she's like, you, you can't have the shield that my father made that for you. You don't get that. Like, it's just like they, they haven't talked since he beat him up and left him there in the end of Civil War. So it's a great it does work to be like, yeah. Here's this guy who's come back from space and the world has been devastated. And he's like, yeah, I'm still pissed off because we weren't there for each other. This did not help. <laughs> mm, yeah. True, true. I, I loved Tony Stark's. I mean, I did, the finality of it, I think it's a good arc. You know, he was the one that kicked it off. He should be the one to, you know, be the one to actually save everything. Um, I thought Robert Downey Jr. did a really good job. And I think that the movie did just enough to keep me on my toes to not expect him to die. Like when Thanos was Molly Whopping Cap, I was like, <laughs> oh, here's the here's the death. Like this is how Cap is gonna die. And I wasn't even thinking about Iron Man also having a suit that could pull the stones into a gauntlet and snap his fingers, you know? Or they had like Hulk do the snap originally to bring everybody back. So it was just enough misdirection for me um, to be focusing on other things for that emotional gut punch to land. And I, and I do think it was really smart to have Tony, who we don't really see as like a family guy, um, have this family and then have to leave that family in order to do, you know, to make the ultimate sacrifice. Um, I thought that was really fascinating. Wait, uh, I've got a question, uh, especially for Aaron, since you've seen it twice. I was a little lost on what you just mentioned about. So Thanos pulls out the power stone so that he can punch Captain Marvel because she's really strong. Well, she's trying to take, yeah, she's trying to take the glove off him. So he's like, all right, let me use this real quick. Right. And then somehow Tony gets the entire thing. And I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like. I mean, he just just jumps on him and snags the stone. Well, the thing was, is that he had set a previous suit like the the gauntlet that um that hulk snapped with was an iron was like a modified iron man suit yeah. that contained right. all of the stones so like his his current suit had the technology to be able to harness the stones okay but then yeah. how did he i guess that's where i just he, was... just he literally he just jumped on him and just took him off his glove real quick like that's yeah. what it comes down to like it's not it's nothing really elaborate he just like jumped on his back and was like all right let me grab these real quick while you're not looking or like while you're trying to fight me off he's not really thinking what he, if anything like the because the suit's like all nanobots right all that yeah nonsense. it's nanotechnology so, like, so he just kind of like melded his glove with Thanos's glove and sucked him off his glove. <laughs> like, oh, that's true. Well, because I know that we see that right before it happens, we cut to Doctor Strange and he puts his hand up and it's like, this is the moment. This is the, the key moment of the 14 million permutations or whatever. He was, he was pointing to the light bulb above Tony's head that illuminated at that moment. <laughs> I talking about suits for a second. This movie has so much like magical suit stuff going on as far as like helmets that reappear and disappear when they need to because of 
we need to see their faces and not their, their masks and everyone's costume like tony stark what he built the time devices that also give you like or, and like costumes and they give you cool like custom costume changes at a moment's notice there's a lot there's a lot of that going around which amused me as far as oh we can look like our 2012 selves because we have the whatever machine in our suit so yeah we're right good. like this <laughs> there's a lot of like i get i get that it's a nice shortcut at the same time it's like that's fun you can just <laughs> like tony's not a wizard but he can do this <laughs> he can make, yeah. he can make that happen um all right Let, <laughs> let's talk about well, let's see. I, I, okay, I've mentioned the action a couple times, and uh, in, not entirely in favor of it as far as how it's uh, handled. Do you guys have a agree or disagree? Do you, do you like the? I disagree. You disagree. Uh, I don't. I kind of feel I'm not. I there are there are few moments in the 22 Marvel movies where I really feel like the effects and the action scenes are spectacular. I don't I, like, I don't, I don't, I know how Aaron feels. I don't know how the other two people on this podcast feel, I'm but not like, necessarily I, saying the effects, but I, I think well, just like the, I, the action. I mean, well, I'm, I'm always going to be more of a fan of like a, a George Miller Fury road, like type of like, I just, that stuff impresses me or, or mission impossible like that. That kind of stuff impresses me more than you're saying practical stunts over right, CG I don't Wonder go to Marvel movies to see like great action. I'm like, eh, it's fine. You know, it's always kind of a blur of CG. So eh, I didn't, I I'm, I'm certainly not going to defend it, but it didn't distract me. I was like, eh, it's fine. Like Terrence, what, what do you, what do you say? I, I thought that they did a good job in, in the final sequence about understanding facial relationships to the characters, you know, about like who was where and and how the the gauntlet was bouncing around from person to person and how that was sort of directing the action. I think that's where the Rousseaus are shine. But I I think that the reason why I say I disagree is because I feel like a lot of the earlier action set pieces were like astounding, like to think that they had to go back to understanding what Joss Whedon did with that first Avengers in order to make like oh like they went they got in the elevator and the Hulk had to go down the stairs so that gave them this amount of time and that when Tony came out of this ele- this space that he got you know hit with the door and this is how Cap you know I thought that all of that sort of understanding in terms of like shooting that to increase the tension just like you know how they were moving around the shield facility to try and get the pin particles in the in the Tesseract. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not con- I'm not calling that action though. I would say I. I, I, I mean the cap cap fight is. Little, I I think that just in terms of like coordinating sequences and and having us care about where people are, which oh, is sort of is pretty good. Yeah, I do. Yeah, wanna, yeah. That I don't I don't disagree there because yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the point of those scenes in a lot of ways where it's like right. you have to cleverly stage the time heist so it it's not only like, hey, we're accomplishing this, but look how interesting it is to see us accomplish this in these kinds of ways. Like, I don't disagree with that. I do, I, I, because there's not a ton, I mean, from my perspective, there's not a ton of action in this movie to begin yeah. with. There's no, like, yeah. there's that big Hawkeye scene that's shot in one take, which I think is visually interesting. It's a little, <laughs> let me get back to that. But like, there's that scene, <laughs> there's the, <laughs> there, there's the giant battle at the end, and that's all I can, I mean, yeah. Besides, like minor tussles between what Black Widow and Hawkeye or Captain and, him, Captain and, and himself, Captain. I mean, there, there's not a ton of action in this movie. So I think like, it's it, the action really, is secondary. 
to well, the... Of course, yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that's what Infinity War was for. That's why I call right. it the Kill Bill Volume 1. I mean, it's yeah. a movie that's entirely action for the most part, like with rare, rare, rare letdowns in that category. Let me talk about that Hawkeye scene for it, because it's like, it's a big long take. That's clever, I guess. And it's colorful. It has mm-hmm. that going for it. It's just the character's doing things that are terrible, right? He's killing people. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's going out of his way to kill a bunch of, I guess, in this case, mods, mobsters and the Twilight Samurai himself, Hiroyuki Sonata, which I'm like, oh, that's a cool casting choice. Good for him. Um, and he got paid. Uh, so, you know, good on him. At the same time, it's like, this is very, like, big. Like, this is, like, a big, like, grandiose, like, final battle moment, and it's for this character at his worst. It's, it's like, thematically, that's, that's not the best impression I'm supposed to get from Hawkeye, I feel like, at that point. Yeah. Well, I loved that. I like I liked that it was like he lost his whole family and he was like the world has gone to shit, but like I'm just gonna go out and kill all these bad people. Yeah. At least He's like, like a this, mercenary or something. Yeah, this is my way of making making the world better after this awfulness. So I, I, I like I like I like uh war machines description of what he's been doing more than I guess seeing it. Like him talking about okay. we just found a pile of bodies in a room. It's Barton. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I agree. I like, I like Bar- Barton's the Baba Yaga now. Like, that's what he's doing. I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think it works because I think they want to establish uh, the Hawkeye character more. They start with the Hawkeye character, and it's a way for them to do a lot with one scene. It just to establish I that. I think it's just, you know, it's very stylish in a, like, cool way for a character that at, he's at his lowest point. So it's like, it's right. a weird, to me, it's like a weird mixed message. It's like, look how cool this guy is. He's also terrible. Like, that's, that's <laughs> kind of a, it's, a, it's a weird kind of way to take it. But it's fun. Like, it's a fun thing to watch as far as seeing Hawkeye get into a samurai fight. With, yeah, that was kind of cool. With Sonata. Like, it's, it's fun. But, I mean, yeah, the, the greater point, I guess, uh, as far as the action goes, is this giant battle scene at the end, which, yes, is, as far as seeing a lot of people suddenly appear and how rewarding that is to like get all these people back and whatnot, that's great. Like, I'm not against the rousing nature of it. And I can agree that, yes, you're seeing various power combinations and characters recognizing other characters in a moment that all like plays very well at the same time, as far as just seeing like these action, this action happen. It's fine. Like that's, that was kind of my like thought on it. I like the, the opening shot, like when they're all, when they're Lord of the Rings style charging at each other, I felt like this is what I was missing in civil war. Cause it's not just a gray, like dirty airports with, eight characters coming at each other. Now it's like a, it's literally the entire Marvel universe going at all of Thanos's army. Like that's really cool to me. I like, right. including giant man and like flying a, like Valkyrie and a Pegasus and iron men and wizards and all these people. Like that's, that's neat. Like that's, that's a lot to do. Like that's a big splash page coming to life. I can appreciate that. Wait, that it, is, but are you saying you don't like the airport scene in civil war? That seems terrific. <laughs> I think th- I think it it has its highs and lows. I think it's it's fun to watch these characters fighting each other at the same time, the location they're at, which I get why they need to be. But as far as looking at it visually, it's like it's just a a gray airport. Like, and there's, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and and there's there's only again like eight people fighting. So like watching a wide shot of that scene, if you put a wide shot of that scene next to a wide shot of this scene at the end of this fucking movie. This scene wins. Like, I mean, no question. Yeah. Like, guess, yeah, but it's just, there's just so many great moments of, like, Ant-Man becoming a giant, and then doesn't Tony... No, like, yeah, no, the individual yeah. reveal, like, the giant man reveal is astounding. Like, that's a great yes, first-time thing that's to awesome. see. 
Like, yeah, yeah, it is. And like when Spider-Man does some stuff, or what, there's a lot of fun moments within that scene. I just think when I think about that, I think of the wide shot and there's like a whole lot of zero, like negative space. And then there's like these tiny little characters that are charging at each other versus <laughs> this this movie where it feels like a bigger payoff of all this entire army is coming at another entire army. And they're all yeah. made up of characters that we recognize from varieties of different comic books and 10 years of movies. Right. This is that's, that's more game Game of Thrones-ish. I suppose. Yeah. Um, Season eight versus. But uh, okay, so that so that giant reveal. Uh, but, okay, let's let's lay that out because that, I think that is a that is a very fun moment as far as caps against the entire army of Thanos. I I was so caught up in the moment I didn't I didn't realize what was going to happen. I wasn't thinking. Is he going to get back up? I'm just thinking, I guess Cap's going to go out swinging here. <laughs> like, I don't know what else. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so Sam comes on the line. He's like, hey, Cap, <laughs> like, uh, on your left, which is a perfect callback to Winter Soldier. I love that. That's on your left. Yeah. And then everybody comes through. Although, when yeah, Sa- it's first, it's awesome. Sam talking, and the first people we see is Black Panther. I'm like, oh, that's a weird Mr. <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to be the first person to come in the portal. No, you know, the, terrific. the on your left thing was, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love that. You know, wait, I, I got to say, just curious, right now, as we're having this podcast, I was going through my iTunes, and I am I was like, I'm going to put on one of the Avengers movies in the background. So I have Ultron on right now. And I'm just curious, of the four Avengers movies, mm. um, how would you guys rank them? Like, do you like them? Are you... Because I know Ultron, Ultron is the worst. Yeah, yeah I, I would say I, that, too. I like Ultron. I think, Aaron, you do, too, right? One, two, four, three. So you think you the rank Ultron above Infinity? Infinity War and Endgame? I know what I like. Wow. <laughs> I don't dislike any of these movies, and yeah. it's not like there's a giant split between them. Uh, I, I mean, they're all in the top ten of the MCU for me, I'll put it that yeah, way. I would agree, yeah. It's one, four, three, two. <laughs> one, in- four, three. Wait, so you think Endgame is is a... Is it just because it's more satisfying than Infinity War? Because Infinity I mean, I, pretty... I, mean, I do, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, I think that... It has maybe it just has more moments. It has higher highs. Like I Infinity agree. War, I think is pretty even keel, which is not like a bad thing. I just think that like Endgame really had the higher highs. I think it, I, 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 I think Infinity, Infinity War a few times at this point, and I I really admire how like it just gets off the gets on the ball and keeps running. Like it just yeah. it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't take too much time to set anything up. It's just like hey, Thanos is coming, and it's like constant like got to move, move, move. I do like my biggest issue was I didn't feel much emotional impact at the end of that movie. We're mm. watching the entire we're watching half of the Marvel universe get turned into dust and aside from Spider-Man where there's no way to botch that scene because it's a it's a it's a teenager saying like saying he doesn't want to die. That's hard. To, that's going to be sad <laughs> Rick, whatever movie that is in. Uh, besides that, there's not to me it's not that I don't get the intention and how that matters to the characters. I can appreciate that that's the idea, that that's what you should be focusing on. It just, something about that delivery to me just didn't work. I would it's, it's the same, to, for me personally, I mean, it's the same, like the like the Martha scene in Batman versus Superman. I don't think that that's a bad scene conceptually. I get what they're trying to do. I just think Snyder botched it in his execution. That's why people make fun of it. I like I, that scene. 
I I'm sure I know you do. I know you like that movie. <laughs> I, I don't that hate movie. that. I don't I hate that. But I, but I think mm, you get my point though. I, I think do, there's I a. Do. I think there's a. I don't think people would be mocking that that scene if it was handled differently or more effectively. I'm not saying these are you know one to one comparisons, but it's a similar thing to me where I think there's a way that they could have done this in Infinity War, wiping out everybody that could have connected to me more. Why I'm saying that is because I think this movie, Endgame. The emotion that I would have liked to have felt there, I definitely feel here. And it, and it helps that it's more positive as far as, I guess it's the prestige, you know? It's the, we got the, I got the, the, the pledge in Infinity War where everything disappears, but now I get everything reappearing. And it's very satisfying. It's great to see everybody come back. It's great to see Spider-Man hug Tony Stark. Or vice versa, I guess. Uh, it, it's great to see all those things take place. It's great to feel the emotions that are coming from getting these people back again. And I was very mm-hmm. happy about that. I was very happy to feel emotionally satisfied by the payoff of what was set up in that previous movie. Does it make me like Infinity War more? Maybe. Because <laughs> I know exactly where it's going now. But for this one, I agree with Terrence. The high, the highs feel higher to me. I can, I can see that. My, the reason I'm not sure... Which one I prefer. And, and by the way, if I, I think I agree with Aaron. I think it's one, two, and then three, four, or four, three. Because um, I really like Ultron, and I really like the first one. However, I agree with what you're saying about Infinity War. The action's the best in the first one. The, oh, I love the, the action. The, the New York scene is terrific uh, in event. But I'll say this. I, I think before Black Panther and before Infinity War, I think we would all agree that... I mean, I do like Ultron, but Marvel didn't, they're not really great with their villains. And I think that Killmonger is a terrific villain. And I think what I like about Infinity War is it's kind of like a, it is kind of Thanos' movie, sort of. I mean, and I think he's, I think we didn't even get to this. I think Thanos is way more interesting in Infinity War than he really is in in Endgame. If anything, that's one of my criticisms. I think the younger version of Thanos that they have to deal with for the majority of the movie, he's not very interesting. I mean, he does, he doesn't have the loss of, of Gamora and things like that. Well, in Endgame, everything's established, and he's not in it as much. Right? Well, that's that's kind that's of the true. trade-off you have by right. setting up the movie the way you did. You, you already right. know about the villain at this point, right. and because he's such a super-powered individual that has a mindset especially in this earlier stage where he hasn't had time to feel the remorse or right take taken the even before he kills gamora just taken the kind of exhaustion that he seems to have of doing all of this there's no you know you don't have that's the character now you just have this kind of he's another version of ronan the accuser where he's just like i'm big and powerful and i want this thing right and that's not necessarily bad because yes this is if you want to look at it this way it is the second half of one big story so you've already got a lot of setup that first half and I guess in the opening minutes of this movie, before he gets his head chopped off, which was like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that, I was not that you want to talk. That might be the most that. shocking moment of the right. whole thing. Like I had a feeling that they would take care of Thanos in some way early on. I didn't necessarily think it would be that early and in that manner. Right. <laughs> that's for sure. That's why that first fifteen minutes just works perfectly <laughs> to establish the rest of the movie. But yeah, Peter, I agree with you. I do think. I wouldn't say it's a flaw. It's a I wouldn't say it's a fundamental flaw of the movie because there's so much else it's doing as far as treating the you know dealing with the the Avengers who are the main characters of this movie. At the same time, yes, that the villain they have to face is just a standard kind of here's this villain. Granted, you yeah. have his backstory, so it's not like you have to do much more with him at that point. But there's, I, it go, it, I guess, it goes to another overall criticism I might have is that there's not 
there's not much subtext here. There's nothing like to latch onto with this movie in regards to what it is saying about anything. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm going to look back at Endgame and think of it in relation to 2019 in any way. Does that make sense? Like I, that's I know interesting. That. Yeah, I think that this. What's interesting about this discussion is it's like tr- trying to parse whether how well Endgame works as a standalone film versus how well does it work as a sequel, mm-hmm. which I think is always like movies should work on their own. Yes. But like, this is also designed to be a part two or a part four of like a four part saga. So to me, it didn't necessarily need Thanos to be what Thanos was in infinity war because we had already gotten that. What was interesting to with this time, it was like, it was much more about the heroes than it was about the villain. I do agree that like infinity war is essentially a Thanos movie because he, ends up winning in the end and he has he has the most screen time like he's he's positioned as the lead character as far as yeah whose story we're following and here it's like this movie is is much more about the mission than it is about who the mission is against no you're right i mean it's literally in the in all the marketing whatever it takes i mean that's Mm -hmm. that is that is the line that they're using and but i i would agree with aaron though that like when i think of uh game of thrones i I remember you know game of thrones we think of i it has been brought up about the white walkers you know are they a standard for climate change or whatever it's hard not to i think or even think even think of black panther and how it treats you know black culture in general in both africans and african-americans like i mean it's doing something there and now granted not every marvel movie has some kind of subtextual thing or 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 sociopolitical ideas and embedded in within them but I, I think there's ideas that Thanos does bring up in the first film that yes. you can't actually latch onto that are actually interesting. That's why it makes him more of an interesting villain. Not, not that it's hard to, it's not hard to disagree with what Thanos is saying in that first film, but he at least presents something that, you know, some kind of tangible idea of this is why he's doing this thing, and here are the possible, you know, things that it will like account for when he's done doing it. This movie kind of does something with that when, like, Steve talks to Nat about it a little bit, where he's like, oh, there's cleaner waters, and the whales can, I can see the whales while I was driving over the bridge, or, like, whatever, <laughs> as far as, like, things that have actually happened because of it. It doesn't dwell on that, and it's certainly not trying to champion his thoughts, but there's just, there's nothing really there. But if you look at it like Terrence is looking at it, which I agree with, this is like Deathly Hollows Part 2. It's not about being a, a it's not about being a standalone film, I'm sure you can try to view it as such, but it's hard to have that context when I, I can't just erase right. what my, what I know about all the other movies at this point. So it's, I, I'd be very curious what a person that walks into this, having seen none of the MCU would think, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that's just not where we are. That's not the game that you can play at this point with how cinema is like, this is a part of a giant franchise. Everyone that's seeing this movie pretty much knows that. So it's, you can only do so much with that angle. Right, but and having said that, though, and I, I brought this up before, that, like, I mean, really, the focus of Endgame really is the the, the core six Avengers, even though, mm-hmm. yes, I'm in, in Nebula are there, too. I mean, and it and it's rightly so. Like, it, 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 I remember at the end of Infinity War, I you know, and I was when I was noticing, I was like, huh, I was like, everybody who's dusted are, like, the new people, basically, you know? Well, I guess not Nick Fury, but... Um, and I thought that, that I was like, oh, so that means the last movie is going to be one last great ride for the original Avengers. And that's what it is. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, and, and it's, and again, you know, very satisfying in that way. I'm curious if Scott would have gotten dusted if he wasn't in the quantum realm at that time. 
That wouldn't have helped. <laughs> good, good thing that rat was able to get him out of the quantum realm. We tell you, <laughs> they would not have any ideas for what they were going to do next. <laughs> I really, I don't know. I, I really am. I'm pretty. I'm really again going back to how we started this. I'm pretty impressed with like just how how much they've done. You know, in these 22 movies and 11 years to really be like, wow, man, like that's quite an achievement. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost like a, a larger version of like when I saw Return of the King and being like, wow, they shot these three movies back to back. And it's like we saw one every year and it's all come together now, you know, like it's a movie so, of great action, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that much. <laughs> yeah, of but I was. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, I was just curious. Um, I have no idea, like, if everyone here wishes more movie, more superhero movies were uh, nominated for Oscars, because obviously Black Panther was the first. But I have to say, if somehow Endgame got a nomination, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did, it would make a lot of sense to me because, again, it's a pretty big if, – if you're looking at it as Hollywood saying, look at this huge achievement that has happened you know, with, with what they've done. Like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, wouldn't they not be looking at it as a group of films, just the film itself? I know. Well – but I mean, don't you think that when they when they gave Return of the King the Oscar, they were basically giving it to the trilogy? I, mean, I think they were. Yes, I mean, but that, yeah, that was a little different. It felt different. like that at the time. At because... the same time, it seems like 2001, 2002, and 2003 were somewhat weaker years when it came to Best Picture nominees to begin with. Well, <laughs> well, it, it, here's here's the situation. So the way to look at it is where critical acclaim in large box office combined, you have the potential for a best picture nominee. It's why people are always like, oh, like why didn't Transformers? That's why. Um, Transformers was never gonna sniff that because it doesn't have the critical acclaim. So I think that this does have a shot. I just wonder if they will see this as anything other than like a box office behemoth because they did not care about Marvel movies up until Black Panther, and Black Panther was like a cultural, like zeitgeist yeah, moment. Right. It's that's, so that's different. Yeah. It's so different from all the other ones. Like this one is a cultural zeitgeist moment, but more so for like you know the the grandiose Brinks, the Brinks trucks that are going to roll up to <laughs> studios. <laughs> the monetary Berlin. aspect. Yeah, well, I mean like, that's that's what I'm saying about the movie's attachment to this year. I mean, does it have anything? It, not that it needs to have some kind of political bent to it or anything like that. Or I think it has a good know, shot. I think their bigger play is going to be in like the tech categories, like really being recognized there. Like I think Black Panther was great to have that movie for them because you know Ruth Carter won and Anne Beekler won and, and mm-hmm. Ludwig won. Um, you know, like I could see them making a really big push for Marcus and McFeely. I mean, Logan got nominated for a screenplay. So like the super that sort of superhero barrier has been broken down. I could see them going for like that. But, you know, it's definitely going to be I think it will definitely be a talking point just because of how much money it makes. Um, mm. I do wonder, though, if it doesn't beat like Star Wars and Avatar, uh, will that conversation last very long? And that was when I would worry about whether or not it would make Best Picture. I but think... also, Disney's having a giant year as far as movies they have coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, I put... They have this and Aladdin and Lion King and Frozen and Star Wars and, of course, Artemis Fowl, the biggest movie of them all. I mean, so it's... Oh, of course. <laughs> there's... 
<laughs> they got nonstop things coming out that they can all like try to push. This one's clearly going to be the. I don't even know clearly. It's very much going to be very big, and it's you know the giant culmination of a huge franchise. At the same time, Deathly Hallows Part Two didn't get a Best Picture nomination either. I mean, it, I don't know how far that conversation goes. Yeah, it's 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 hard. The Academy is changing a lot. It has changed. Like the definition of what an Oscar movie is has shifted wild. Like if you would have told me that in 2013, like a movie about a guy falling in love with a computer OS would win a screenplay award, I would have thought that you were joking, but then we had her, you know, and that was up for best picture. You had black Panther up for best picture, but it's just, but black Panther up for best picture in the year that green book won best picture. So you never know what they're thinking. Are they Uh, still doing that popular thing? Are they still going to do that? Or is no. that done for? Oh, yeah, is that garbage done? I think right that's... Now. Well, they, I, they said they're pushing it. That it would eventually happen. They want to work out the kinks to it, whether or not it still I happens. I don't think it will happen. Um, I think Black Panther enabled them to sort of let that die, hopefully. But, yeah, I mean, it, it has a good shot. It has a... Honestly, it has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than I thought it was going to get, particularly with everybody talking about the time travel rules. I was like, certainly this is going to be somewhere in, like... The 70s or the 80s but it's at like 96 or 97 yeah i mean it that comes down to how satisfying the movie feels i feel like the for all the gripes you can have the in the moment thoughts is like this is accomplishing what i want it to accomplish as far as this kind of movie goes it's given me a finality it's given me a lot of surprises that i enjoy to watch there's it's it's both capitalizing off of the devastation that took place in the previous movie while also being very funny it has great performances by actors that have been doing this for a long time. Uh, it has a, a rousing score. We should talk about that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think all, all those things work in its favor to give you at least an average rating as far as what you expect from a giant summer movie of this 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 size, this spectacle. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Do you guys like the score, by the way? Love. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, you say of course. See, I, I say I've of never course, been, right? I've never been huge on Sylvester's... Um, Avengers theme. I feel uh-uh. like it's more what? hammered into me than I've been happy with it. I, I think it's fine. No, I love his Avengers theme, and I love how he... It's very... It reminds me... Game of Thrones is present on my mind because it stressed <laughs> me out for an hour and a half. Um, but, like, what he does, something that Ramin Jawadi does really well, is that, like, weaving it in to other pieces of music or, like, slowing the tempo or putting it in, like, a minor key, you know... I, I thought that the score was really, you know, it wasn't super in my face, even when it was in my face, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just hate her. <laughs> I'm not trying to at the same time. Was, is the like, score like super just unspectacular for you? It just, it feels like I know it more because I've heard it a lot, not because I like it. Okay. Like, just I was thinking about this today where like, I was thinking about, I really like the X-Men theme. I don't necessarily like all the movies, but I like that general theme that they have at the beginning of each, of most of their movies. They do, I agree. Yeah, it sticks. I, it sticks to me. I, I and I also I'm also not a big fan of the Spider Man the Raimi score, and I love those movies, the Raimi Spider Man movies. But that score is like, yeah, that's fine. Like Danny Elfman's doing something. Like it's that's kind of the same regard I have for Avengers, where it's like I recognize this theme because I've heard it a bunch, hmm. not necessarily because I I can't wait to like listen to it on its own or whatnot. So it doesn't excite you when you hear it. It's more of like, okay, it just goes with the territory. It excites me. I mean, 
it's the same thing as saying like there's an average movie that exists that I've seen a bunch because it's on TBS. So it's like, oh, that's on. Like that's like, it's not, it's not because I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to watch this. I was like, oh, that's not like that. I like watching that. I'll put that on for a little while. Like that's kind of the thought I have. I don't think it's a bad score. I think it's a. I think it does its job. I do like the interweaving of themes. I agree there. I it just it's. I I hear talk about Sylvester. It's like he should get this is his best work, and I'm like. What? Back to the Future? I mean, I don't. Like... <laughs> Predator. I mean, I, I just there's there's themes of his that I've heard throughout his Zemeckis career that I, I just like I think are infinitely better um, to me. <laughs> but that's me. I'm in the minority. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy. See. What else before we wrap up and move on to some other segments on the show that we still have to do? This move. This movie proves that the Marvel Cinematic Universe hates all of the TV shows except for Agent Carter. <laughs> And that's fine. <laughs> I don't mind that's it. That's okay. I just, it's just funny to me. It's like, hey, there's a TV character. It's the, it's Jarvis. It's that Jarvis was, from Agent Carter. That was such a great moment, having him pop. Yeah, no. I mean, who cares? Like, not even Coulson, like, at the funeral. Not even Coulson. I mean, <laughs> that Coulson would have been great to just have him, you know, walk up with Nick Fury there at the end. Um, right. And even though I, I like four-fifths of the um, Netflix Marvel Cinematic Universe shows, like, who cares about them, really? <laughs> oh, I don't. I just think it's I think it's kind of hilarious. That, I, it made more, when Jarvis showed up, like, wow, they hate so they hate the other TV shows so much. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, like, a brief cameo or anything, any kind of acknowledgement. <laughs> Especially with Coulson, a key character that makes no sense as far as him showing up in any of these movies, but would be like, that'd be fun to see. And it's like, nope, that's not Endgame. <laughs> they could. This movie cost four hundred million dollars. Not an extra cent was spent to put those guys in here. Can't do it. Can't afford it. Not in the budget. Uh, anything else uh, on Avengers Endgame? We've been talking a while on this movie. I'm trying to think if we we've turned it unturned any left any stone unturned here. Any other thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I'm a very excited for the future with this franchise. Uh huh. My, the hopefully all female Avengers movie will get the fact that the team is going to be led by two black people and a woman, and it's going to make all of the fanboys mad. <laughs> here's a okay. So here's a thought. So they ha- we have the big moment in the giant battle at the end where all of the, the the female Avengers like get together. Yes, and it was amazing. I agree. As far as I can see, like little girls that are like like this movie in the audience being like, "That's great!" Like I'm seeing a bunch of that at the same time. It does feel kind of contrived as far as like, we just need a moment for this to happen. And well, it was great. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, I, only, yeah. and it was only for like 30 seconds. I know. It's just, it's funny to me. It's like, we need to have like this strong female empowerment <laughs> moment. So let's I mean, just have them randomly team up with, with each other. The silliest part about it was like, Captain Marvel is strong enough to get through all of that shit on her own. She didn't need <laughs> that. But it was great. It was great to see. It's just like, did they plan this beforehand? We're like, guys. Sorry, gals, we're going to have a moment where we're all going to get together. I don't know where the men are going to be, but they're not going to be there. So it's we're better than gonna, these like, X-Men movies that focus so heavily on, you know, the men when the women have the better powers in the X-Men universe. You got to just take what you get and, and build on it. I know. I, I hear what you're saying. And from a filmmaking point of view, that makes sense to me. From like a telling a story point of view it's like you're exactly right it's like captain marvel didn't really need any <laughs> like she peter really parker's like how are you gonna get through that it's like dude i just destroyed that entire spaceship yeah. you, know, <laughs> think you think i have a problem with this 
Also, we're... stop flying straight. Just fly up and over. Like, come on, guys. What are we doing? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the future. The future of this franchise. Yes, I am also very curious of where this is all going and excited about it as far as potential team-ups and what have you. And we don't really know anything before we got Spider-Man and, you know, a Black Panther 2 and a Doctor Strange 2 and probably a Captain Marvel 2. I don't, I don't know what else. <laughs> we got to turn Eternals, right? And and a Black Widow prequel. And TV shows now. Oh, yeah, and TV, and TV yeah. shows. <laughs> oh, yeah, WandaVision. Yeah, so WandaVision. WandaVision, so I guess Vision's not dead? Because, you I mean, oh. like, he didn't show up at all. I guess they just rebuild him. Yeah, because yeah, he Mark was just. Mark will play him. That's a six million dollar man. Listen, joke. we can let's let's just ignore Wanda and Vision and focus on what really matters, which is the Loki Sam show? and Bucky. Oh, the Sam and Bucky I, hour. I, you know, I hate Loki. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm here for the Sam and Bucky hour of television. Hour. Which is called Winter Soldier and the or Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Even yeah. though now he's Captain America. Oh, they're cha- They're going to change that. I feel like they put that in there as a placeholder because they were like, we can't give away this big spoiler. They're going to call that like Cap and Buck, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You know, it's funny because I'm assuming the reason all these spinoffs they're doing are because none of the people in the spinoffs are super huge stars. But honestly, I if you were going to ask me what would work as a as a uh, serialized television show or whatever it would be ant-man and the wasp that to me feels like yeah that could be a TV show i could see hanging out in san francisco and they go on wacky adventures and stuff but i mean i maybe they're too big to have well I, I, paul rudd is a paul, bigger star than yeah. sebastian stan and like, right. elizabeth olsen like he actually does movies frequently and stars right. and that, like that's that's the difference there yeah because i'm like these other all these all those tv shows mackie but... mackie stars in everything he'll if he gets a you know if he gets a paycheck he'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um but yeah like to me ant-man would have been that would have been to me the go but well, well i mean you, I, yeah i don't disagree as far as the kinds of stories you can tell with a you yes. know a, a heist group that can shrink and stuff although that sounds like it'd be very expensive um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what a WandaVision show is going to be with a 1950s aesthetic is what they're saying. It's going to yeah. be, what? I don't, I don't, so, I don't know what the hell geez. that means either, but the witch and the robot, right? So like, I, yeah, I mean, here, but I mean, wait, wait. So what is the, what is the, uh, winter soldier Falcon one called? What's the name? Well, it was called Falcon, Falcon and, and the winter, winter soldier. soldier. Yeah. Okay. Well, they uh, might do something like Captain America and the white wolf, you know, mm-hmm. to sort of, gives us their new names yeah something yeah something like that I suppose. but yeah i'm i'm intrigued by where the mcu you know goes from here i think the only thing that we can really hang our hat on is the black panther sequel um because not even not even the captain marvel i have to see sort of where they want to take that character and i mean sony's not going to stop making spider-man movies so mm. oh true We'll see how much money they back up to like bring venom into this fucking universe. <laughs> God, let's. And you know, for all this talk about Avengers Best Picture, watch Joker be like this fucking like eight Oscar nomination. Yeah, that's <laughs> what like... I'm figuring. <laughs> watch oh. Todd Phillips get like a Best Director nomination for Joker. <laughs> it won't. You don't think so? Just, just you wait. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. And I mean, it's Joaquin Phoenix, and I like the. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, oh, I don't see it actually happening, but I do see this world where that would be funny. Like, oh my god! I mean, that would be, that would be. Uh, can you? 
<laughs> and you just imagine like all those Nolan stands from the the Dark Knight trilogy days, and, and then like this random offshoot that's not even in the continuity of anything DC related is gonna. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I think we've talked plenty about. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Let's. Uh, I don't feel like there's going to be too much discrepancy of when people should go and see this movie, but when should people go and see this movie? When your theater isn't sold out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Although I think seeing it with a crowd is very fun. It's great to see with it's. It's very good was, kind of big crowd movie. I was planning on seeing it again this weekend, but my the theater near my house was sold out. So understandably, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, we all like this movie. Uh, there's certainly a lot of things to enjoy about it. And yeah, it, uh, I would agree with Peter for sure. It definitely plays well with a big crowd. Um, I think the surprises are big. I think the emotions are strong. It, 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 it accomplishes what it wants to do, I think, rather well. Uh, better, better than rather well. It, it does a great job of that. Um, so yeah, I think we've gone over this movie quite a bit. Let's move on. Let's... Um... What time is it? Let's get to uh, let's get to some uh, let's get to some games. Is that Mark? You getting ready? <laughs> you positioning yourself? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. That was, of course, the improv theme for games, and I have a game for you guys this week. It is called Snap into the Past. This is a game where I'm I am going to read early roles from many cast members of the event of the MCU films and you have to guess which actor I'm referring to. So I'm going to read earlier roles of many cast members. If you think you know the answer, buzz in with your name and say the, the actor's name. Make sense? Yes. Yes. Sure. Okay. Oh, I was hoping that nobody else's mic worked and <laughs> for this here's the first one. <laughs> Safe men fifty four ride with the devil the last castle you can count on me um well, oh, marcus. mark ruffalo yeah mark marcus uh, mark ruffalo yeah mark ruffalo buzz in with your name with your okay yes yeah. i understand rules okay, okay. i can do this <laughs> right. here's All the next right. one a perfect getaway star trek red dawn peter uh terrence uh hemsworth Chris hemsworth no, i heard ter- i heard terrence oh sorry Chris hemsworth here's hemsworth Here's the next one. North, Home Alone 3, The Perfect Score, The Horse Whisperer, Eight-Legged Freaks. Uh, Uh, I'll name another one. (laughs) The Man Who Wasn't There. I thought one of these would give it away pretty easily, but okay. There are think so of many, another early one. There are so what? many people in these movies, like, <laughs> their careers are blending together in my brain. Um, All right. I got to keep thinking of entries now because I thought that some of these would give it away. Hold on. Pull up this person. Can I try, Terrence? Terrence? Paul Rudd? It is not Paul Rudd. Okay. But, okay. Here's another one. Where'd it go? Okay. Ghost World. Terrence. Oh, Terrence? Damn it. Scarlett Johansson? It is Scarlett Johansson. Oh, dude, what am I thinking? I thought the horse whisperer would give it away. I thought that was like a big one for her. Anyway, here's the next one. Draft Day. Mm-hmm. The Express. Message from the King. Oh, Terrence. Marcus. Terrence? Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. The last was Gods of Egypt. 
Uh, oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. 13 going on 30. Sleepover. Hoot. Oh, Terrence. Terrence? Brie Larson. Brie Larson is the correct answer. Oh, nice. The mislead of the 13 going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that, I was like, wait a minute, Mark Ruffalo, we've already said that. Here we go. North Country, Lords of Dogtown, SWAT, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. What? Thor. This has got to be a shrink. <laughs> this, no. I feel like I feel like Thor would have been a good one to give it away. How many it's a trick. It's gotta be a trick. There. It's gotta be a trick, right? Oh, mm. Mar- Marcus. Yeah. Chris Evans. No. Uh, oh, not Chris. What am I? Uh, okay. Sorry. Gotta think of more now. Hold on. <laughs> Dahmer. Twenty-eight weeks later. Oh my god. The town. Terrence? Oh, Peter? Peter? Uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is mm. the correct answer. Uh, okay. Thor. He's in Thor. Oh. Oh, he is in Thor. Right. I forgot about the. Yeah. It's a I was trying to figure out who he was in, in Assassination of Jesse James. He's like, he's Sam Rockwell's brother or something like that. He's like one of the brothers in that movie. Oh. Anyway, next one. <laughs> Strangers of Candy. Jennifer's Body, Bride Wars, Wanted, what Moneyball. <laughs> I wanted to say Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt isn't in these movies. <laughs> oh, Terrence. Terrence? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is the correct answer. Oh, I didn't know he was in them. Oh. Here's the next one. Did he, didn't he play Scott Hatterberg in, in Moneyball? Yeah, Moneyball, yeah. He's a, he plays, he's, he's a pretty big role in that movie. Um, the Secret World of Arietti. Lock in the heart of the sea, the lost city of Z. Terrence. Terrence. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. No. Is the correct answer. Why have we never played this game before, Aaron? I'm doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> you always have me playing these difficult games. Marcus was doing well once. I did. <laughs> I. Are we still playing? Yeah, we are. Okay. We got a lot more. Than right. <laughs> Here's the next one. The Big Short, The Circle, In a Valley of Violence, Oculus. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Uh, Karen Gillian? Is that her last name? Gillen. Gillen, yeah. Close it up. You got it. Here's the Uh, next one. Oculus, (laughs) Jesus. Good movie. Next one. Lucky You, The Shaggy Dog, Game Six. In dreams, Peter. Fork? Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is the correct answer. Yes. I had to be tricky on that one because he's the oldest cast member. <laughs> so it's like I gotta, I can't say some of these early ones were given away. Anyway, next one. Amazing Grace. The other Bolin girl. Peter. I'm curious if one of you has it. Terrence. Natalie Portman. Incorrect. Peter. Scarlett Johansson. In, we, we already had her. Incorrect. Well, I, thought, well, I was going to say Natalie Portman, and then he said it, so I was like, uh. Uh. Well, Marcus, it's yours to steal. I'm going to read the next ones. Okay. Four Lions, Atonement, Warhorse. 
Oh, jeez. Um, oh, I know this one now. Probably not American Damn is it. my hint. Don't give a hint away. <laughs> I... Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is, though. Yeah. Everybody knows who it is now. I, I am, I honestly. Terrence, who do you think it is? Benedict Cumberbatch. It is Benedict oh, Cumberbatch. Oh, you're. Yeah, because he's in a. I oh shit. Yeah. He's in a. Right. Tom, he's the. He's the he's one. He's in tom, He's the one that causes. He starts causing problems. Yeah. He's part of that. Well, what was the? Well, he's in other Bolin Girl, I guess. I guess I didn't know that. I didn't. I, I definitely didn't know that. So. I mean, I'm sure he plays like random British person in Royal <laughs> Palace. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. The Visitor, Ghost Town, My Soul to Take, All Eyes on Me. Terrence. Terrence? Anthony Mackie. It's not Anthony Mackie. Uh, Marcus. Marcus? Then it's got to be Don Cheadle? It's not Don Cheadle. Oh, come on. There was like... The last one's Black Panther. Eh. <laughs> I feel like Peter doesn't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm just like, I don't know. Like The answer is Deny Guerrera. Oh! I was never going to get that. Ooh. She's in that Tupac movie. All eyes on I me, huh? I The Walking Dead. I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. Battle for Terra, Street Kings, TMNT, Push. Terrence. Terrence? Oh, I'm now now I'm doubting myself. Chris Evans. It is Chris Evans. You got. I liked Push as a Dakota Fanning, right? In a it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's enjoyable. Was one of your choices going to be not another teen movie? I was no, because that would give it away. I've been waiting for you to say that the whole, the whole time. I had the perfect score though, because I wanted to mess with you, because uh, he and Scarlett Johansson are both in it, and Scott Pilgrim, and then Spider-Man: Homecoming was the last one. Um, here's the next one, Volcano. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. After the sunset, mission to Mars. Oh, Peter. Peter? Is it Don Cheadle? It is Don Cheadle. Yes, because I know he's in Mission to Mars. So I was like, oh, my God. Right. Here's the last one. All right, here we go. 200 cigarettes. <laughs> the Cider House Rules. Night at the Museum. Year one. How do you know? Marcus? Marcus? Anthony Mackie? It's not Anthony Mackie. Oh, oh, come on. The center has ruled as dead black people. I don't <laughs> know. I was just reaching there. <laughs> uh. If you were to ask somebody what's the whitest movie you've ever seen, the center has ruled probably is in that top five. Oh, boy. I gotta find more now. Oh, I have one that I can say, but I think it'd either give it away right away or not. But I'll say it. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, Peter. Peter? Oh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is the correct answer. Oh. Mm. Paul Rudd was in Cider House. Yeah, I'm sure he plays like an older version of a kid or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, regardless, Terrence, you managed to pull out the win this week. Oh, yay. It's like job. the first time I've ever won a game up. <laughs> wait, I just, wait, oh, how close was I? Because I feel like I got a lot this time. You got a lot. Let's see. Marcus, you got right, one. Today. <laughs> yeah, but I had like uh, two points earlier, right? For something? You got one. <laughs> okay. You got. <laughs> Maybe read I got it. the very first one. I thought this That's was what makes it worse. I thought I had yep. this one. I was like, I yeah, Peter, you got like four, but Terrence, yeah, you got like six or seven or eight on here. Oh, right? Terrence, um... Terrence did the job. 
Stop trying to take the win away from Terrence. <laughs> it's been a long night. Let him have this one. <laughs> he's been emotional all, all weekend after all the stuff he's Were seen. any of the answers Anthony Mackie? No, I didn't do no. Anthony Mackie. See? That's why I lost. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. Sorry. I didn't get, what, half Nelson, um, <laughs> probably Biker Boys. Um, what else? He was, a, he was a character in 8 Mile. Eight, that would have got, got it. That would have got it. That would have got it. Okay. All right, let's move on now. That was games. Let's uh, All right. <laughs> let's get on to some at now feedback. 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 This is with the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers, and here we go. Uh, and feel free to give your answers as well if you feel like it. First question here, what is your favorite final chapter of a film series? Dennis writes, I thought it was Toy Story 3, but... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey has Logan, if you count it as the final film in the Wolverine trilogy. Philip has The Return of the King. Chris has Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, and Army of Darkness. Justin has Back to the Future Part 3 and The Matrix Revolutions. Christopher has The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And Renee has Harry Potter. Any yeah, favorite final chapters? Return of the King. Yeah. yeah, I'd say Return of the King as well. Yeah. I mean, for a while. I would have said Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like I, I'm all about the end of that, um, but but that's not the end anymore, so it's hard to. Creed well, two. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> but I don't think Return of the Jedi is as good as Return of the King. Like so, that's why I would. Think. I do. Even though I'm a Star Wars fan, but uh, like, uh, hmm. That's a different discussion. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. <laughs> Next question: What's the last time you went to a film completely blind with no idea what to expect? Ricardo writes Pet Cemetery. I hadn't read the book or knew anything about the story. Jeffrey writes Lucky Number Seven. What a ride! Stefan has a simple favor. Jordan has at first sight. <laughs> completely blind. Uh, that's not. That's that's a. <laughs> come on. <laughs> that's pretty good. Chris has from dust till dawn. <laughs> Philip writes Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Cure. Dennis writes Suicide Squad. Mike Ooh. has iRobot. I, I'm oh, sorry. Irene has Vanilla, Vanilla Sky. And Justin has Solo: A Star Wars Story. Is there any time you went to a film completely blind? No idea what. I mean, to be, to be honest, I mean, as we've already talked about a million times, I really didn't know what Endgame was going to be. I mean, like, I of course I knew. I guess it's not completely blind, but I really didn't know what the plot was going to be. For such a big movie, it, that's pretty surprising. Uh, for its size, I would agree to its size, extent. Yeah, like, yeah. I knew I knew basically, like, the the gist of what they had to do. But, yeah, as far as what I was going to see, I was, I was surprised in some ways, yeah. Um, Mother was my... Mother, okay. yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll keep with the, with the humor and say Ray. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I... <laughs> I tend to do this with horror movies where okay. if I if there's ones that are coming out of like film festivals or that I'm just really anticipating, I don't like to watch the trailers for them. I, I very much try to close my eyes if I'm inundated with something like that. For example, Cabin in the Woods is a film I heard about for years. Like I heard a lot of things because it got delayed so much and I didn't want to know anything about it. So I successfully avoided knowing everything about it beyond the fact that there is a cabin in said woods. And I was very surprised by everything that happens. It's Didn't you do the crazy. same thing with Hereditary? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I didn't. I didn't watch any Hereditary trailer. I oh. uh, I went in completely blind for that movie, and uh, actually all of the um, Oscar for Hardy films. Ever since the separation, I've been like, I just like going into this guy's movies. I don't. I don't watch the trailers or actively seek out what they're what in, is involved with them because I just think he knows how to tell a story without me 
really having to kind of focus on like what kind of interpersonal drama am I going to see this week? Like I just, yeah. Being pretty fresh on it. I don't know. I watched so many trailers. It's I watched plenty (laughs) of trailers. I just like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's not like the indie trailers pop up in my screen all the time. So I was like, I can have this director and these people interest me. I don't need to watch this trailer right now. (laughs) Uh, Here's the next one. What movie villain have you wanted to see most receive their comeuppance? Justin writes the Riddler. Dennis writes, I was thinking something along the lines of Joffrey, Joffrey Baratheon. And so Commodus also Captain Dudley Smith from LA confidential and Bob sugar, from Jerry Maguire. And uh, Philip writes the serial killer in Zodiac. Oh, okay. What villain have you most wanted to see get punished? Uh, that's a good question. Actually. I mean, I was pretty happy to see Ram- Ramsey and Joffrey, like for sure. Uh, those aren't movies though. I, um, I, I think uh, Christoph Waltz's Hans Landa I oh. think is a, a really interesting character and certainly one that, you know, has a viciousness in him. And so I was very curious where that would go by the end of that movie. And I was mm-hmm. quite happy with it. So. Right. That's a good one. That's a good Speaking one. as a huge Inglorious Bastards fan, it's just like, th- this guy's so evil and yet so charismatic. So it's like, what do you do with this? Well, I mean, um, to the same token, I would say DiCaprio in uh, Django. Like, he... DiCaprio's very charming, but his character is pretty dull. And Steven. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. So. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, those are... This is a good... Uh, that's a good one. I, I want to say one thing that just popped in my mind. Who was... Whoever Sharon hit with that chair in Moonlight? I really appreciated that moment, even though it ended up sort of ruining his life <laughs> oh i was uh, yeah it does but at the same time i was so like in the screening room for this movie, was like oh fuck yeah <laughs> you can't yeah. get that kid <laughs> he hits him with that chair too <laughs> all right let's move on um what are your favorite cinematic reunions uh mike writes harold and kumar when they saved christmas and nph came back jeffrey writes when john wick got his car back Michael Lee, friend of the show, has Gamora and Nebula as sisters and not rivals. Justin has Thor and Cap was pretty funny in Infinity War. Jonathan Van Dyke, friend of the show, has every Fast and Furious movie after the first. Uh, <laughs> Jim Dietz, friend of the show, writes Han and Luke in Return of the Jedi. How are we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard Richard has Han and Leia in The Force Awakens. Uh, Marcus, you wrote Pee-wee Herman and his bike. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Alan Aguilera, friend of the show, writes The End of Homeward Bound. Oh. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> uh, Richard adds, again, uh, it's not out yet, but I'm betting Bill and Ted reunion and Bill and Ted 3 will end up topping this category for me. And uh, Philip has The Fellowship in Return of the King. Mm, Any uh, reunions you can think of? When I'm looking at my DVD shelf to <laughs> see, uh, I thought that Saoirse Ronan's character and Emery Cohen's character in Brooklyn um, oh, yeah, that's a good moment. Reuniting at the end of that movie was really, really great. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good one. All right, next question. With the Infinity Saga coming to a close, who is the next major adversary the Avengers should eventually go up against? Dennis has, if they, makes the next, if they make the next phases Fantastic Four-centric, then it should be Doctor Doom. Jim has Kang the Conqueror. Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, has Goose the Cat. <laughs> um, Jonathan has Galactus or Get the Fuck Out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Philip has none. I'd like to see focus on standalone, smaller scale stories like Homecoming and Ant-Man. Mike writes Negan. You can solve that in fucking two seconds. Um, <laughs> Justin has the DCU. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and Jordan has producer Avi Arad, which is my favorite answer on this page. <laughs> I think Galactus makes the most sense as far as if you need to do something that big. I, I don't see what else is bigger than that unless Doctor Doom has something cooking up his sleeves or whatever. Is that Howard the Duck a bad guy? Cause He's I... in the final battle in Endgame. He, he jumps through one of the portals. Wait, oh, is that my... true? Yeah. I, I read really? He's in there, yeah. Go, yeah. go watch it again. It, he comes in around the time that Wasp enters. He's like in the same screen as when she enters. What? Interesting. Pack and heat, apparently. <laughs> I think that's Kang, Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror, yeah, since that we, is a good one. Since we brought time travel into the mm-hmm. the universe, he would be good. I assume Adam Warlock will be more of a Guardians-related thing, so that's probably not going to be the case, but they did introduce the concept in the end of Guardians 2. And it's just fun to say Adam Warlock. All right, next question. What's the most unexpected surprise you could think of happening in Endgame? Renee writes, at the end of the a movie, Tony Stark wakes up, wakes up in that cave in Iron Man 1, and it was all a dream. <laughs> we saw Endgame, so there's not much I can add. we can add to this at this point. But yeah. I to read that question. Um, speaking of which, I asked the listeners what they thought of Endgame. Uh, Rachel writes, it blew my mind. Alessandro writes, saw it on Friday for my birthday and loved it. Going to see it again at the IMAX. Plan on loving it even more. Dennis writes, if they if they end everything with this, I think I would be okay with it. Maxwell, friend of the show, writes, big fan. Uh, Michael writes, big fan. And Scott Mendelson, he liked it. Last question here. What's your next desired iteration of the Avengers? Who should make up the six prime team members? Uh, Jeffrey writes, Captain America, Sam Wilson. Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, The Wasp, Black Panther, and Doctor Strange. What do you guys think should make up the the prime ensemble of Avengers now? So we're not okay. So we're not talking about recasting. We're saying left. No, like what Who's characters left? that are still available should make up the the, <coughs> the the core team. I would like to see Pepper as part of the team. I think that would be cool. Since she's got her own. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna since I just had to write all of these down. Uh, <laughs> Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Wanda, and Peter Parker. Oh, I forgot about Peter Parker. Makes sense. What about the Hulk? Or the Sweater Hulk? Sweater Hulk. I mean, you... I I want, honestly, over the course of these movies, Wanda has low-key been the MVP of a lot of these battles. Because unlike the rest of these fools, like, she... Throws punches regardless, even though, you know, <laughs> she was ready to rip Thanos apart molecule by molecule in uh, Endgame. So I want her on the team. Okay, for sure. Yeah, like Hulk seems pretty content to be like, I'm just on the sides. Over yeah. Like, you know, I'm comfortable now. I wear shirts. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I didn't say my favorite, my absolute favorite funny moment in the movie now is when after they like stop, uh, like, when ant-man comes out of like growing and shrinking and all that like for being young and old and uh and hulk just goes time travel he's like outstretches his arms like we did it right <laughs> time travel <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> um all right let's get to some questions here um michael asks best slash favorite iron man nickname he gave to fellow avengers I can't. I uh, I think Point Break is pretty apt uh, for Thor. Also, I liked him calling him Lebowski. Oh, Lebowski, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, when he called what the Ma, what Ebony Ma, when he called him Squidward. Squidward, uh, yeah. Infinity, that, that, was, <laughs> that was pretty apt as well. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think Legolas is one, right? He doesn't call like, Hawkeye Legolas at some point. Capsicle, right? That came in there. That was mm-hmm. I like when uh, Rhodes, when he calls Ant-Man, what's up, regular-sized man? That made me laugh for whatever reason. Uh. <laughs> Just a throwaway. Uh, let's see. Martine asks, what's up with Captain Marvel's new do? Mm, the comics. <laughs> yeah, it's more like the comics, exactly. <laughs> Wait, was that her, is that her haircut in the comics? It's sure. Yeah, it's similar. Oh. Although I think it looked a fool in Endgame. <laughs> like, they, they should have cut the sides shorter. Wait. <laughs> You know, Four hundred million dollars you know, with the wig man. <laughs> you only get so much to work with. Uh, last question we have here—it's a bet. It's a good question. Jeffrey asks: Best RDJ performance throughout this series. I got tired of his shtick sometime around Iron Man three, and felt his performances just became sarcastic one-liners. Endgame reminded me that he could really be a great actor and bring a lot of depth to the role. Perhaps the writing has something to do with that too. What do you guys think is Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance in this series? I, in this series, I, I really liked him in this one. In his interaction with Captain America, the Civil War too. I think he's really Civil War is yeah. I kind of I, I reached I tend to reach to that. I mean, I think the first Iron Man. I mean, he gets yeah. a lot to yeah. do there. He, he develops that whole character, which I think is important. Right. Um, but I do I do think Civil War. He just seems very dialed in as far as what he's trying to to do there and the emotion that's going with it. And yeah, this movie, honest, obviously, I think it, it, uh, it helps. Terrence, you have any? Um, I kind of like Iron Man three in terms of you know letting the veneer of that cockiness really, you know, sort of fracture. I like it too. I the the problem with that movie to me is I think it's tonally imbalanced, and so it's hard for me to kind of hit it more because I like the idea of him dealing with the PTSD of going into space and seeing bad things. I like. Yeah. That. I just don't, I don't think the movie fully capitalizes on it. But that's me. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he's ever bad in these movies, and I'm a guy that likes Iron Man too. I think there's a lot of fun in that movie. I wouldn't put it up to the top, but I still think it's fun. But anyway. All right. Well, that was that now. Feedback. 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 Actually, I'm sorry. I forgot the poll where we put two movies against each other every week and we vote for the film to save. And uh, yeah, I put two. I put two films against each other. Uh, this was the hero edition. Uh, keep in mind that one gets erased from existence depending on who wins this poll. This week we had Raiders of the Lost Ark versus The Dark Knight. Between those two films, where would you guys go? That gets Which erased. One? That to, to save. Which one would you save? The Dark Knight. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Peter might go with. I love Raiders, but I might go with Dark Knight. Like, yeah, I do love Raiders though. <laughs> That's Honestly, so though, hard I'm, about the poll. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge Indiana Jones fan. I do love Raiders, so that, I guess that's why I'm like, well, I'd be okay if we don't have the rest of those Indiana Jones movies. So like, <laughs> yeah, I guess Dark Knight. Like. It's Raiders easily for me. I love the Dark Knight, but it's the Raiders no contest. It's one. It's basically the best adventure movie ever made. Like that's how I look. It's it's hard for me to be like, nope, no, none of this, none of this movie. That none of this movie where other all other movies are influenced by it later. Like that's that's just I can't do that. That's not a hard choice for me. That's true. But you do love Dark Knight. I mean, like, I, yeah, yeah, they're they're both on my favorite movies list. But he's Raiders. There are. There aren't movies don't get made if Raiders doesn't get made, and that truck chase is better than anything in the Dark Knight. I'm sorry, it just is. It's so good. 
Raiders won in a landslide, seventy-one percent to twenty-nine percent. So, oh. Dark Knight is a is a race from history now. We've oh, I have I have some faith in the listenership. Then I was actually <laughs> the other way around. You ready to give up on it? I mean, well, of the two, one of those films was nominated for Best Picture. So <laughs> that you know, and the other one couldn't get nominated for Best Picture in the year of the reader. So. Uh, <laughs> I think that sort of rested the case. All right. Well, add that to the list of movies that don't exist anymore. Well, we'll see what happens with that list next week. But, um, yeah, there we go. Let's move on. Now, let's start wrapping things up here. Let's get to Out Now presents what's out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, and streaming this week. First up on Blu-ray and home media and all that, we have, and feel free to give a yay or nay to any of these, uh, Arctic. This is the Mads Mikkelsen survival drama. I like this quite a bit. I thought it was quite good. Worth a rent. Check it out. I haven't seen it. Uh, Dragged Across Concrete. This is the new uh, Craig Z. Zoller film with Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson as like super right wing cops or whatever. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, curious. I liked uh, the what was the first one he did? Well, he had he had Bone Tomahawk and then uh, Cell yeah, uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. Bone Tomahawk. So yeah. Um, Serenity. This is the Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway Serenity. I just got that. So they sent that to me. It, I heard it's not good, but I do like the cast. Have you seen it? What you've heard is that it's not good, but it has this wild twist in it that you can't wait to see. Oh, wait, I didn't know it had a twist. Um, No, no. That's the big thing about this movie. It has like a wild thing that takes place. Have you seen it? I have. I have as well. Is it it a good twist? It's got to be like a shutter island. No, it's a a garbage movie. (laughs) It's it's a garbage (laughs) movie with a garbage twist. The movie is not good. It's not even like a twist because it it doesn't doesn't like take place at the end of the film. Like, oh, gotcha. It's more like, hey, this is where we are now. Honestly? (laughs) It's not really. It's not a twist. It's the premise of the yeah yeah plot. It's the, yeah, it's just here's the next step in things. Yeah, like, that's really what it is. But it's so like, look how dumb this is that it's hard to like not call it anything else but like a stupid twist in the movie. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's out. Um, Miss Bala. Speaking of Gina Rodriguez never, movies, never saw it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> not many did. Um, and lastly, uh, or at least uh, for main releases, Tito and the Birds. This is an animated film uh, that I watched. Anna and I watched this. It's uh, quite good. Um, I thought I thought it would end up with an Oscar nomination, but they really loved Ralph loves the Ralph wrecks the internet. So you gotta do with that. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's quite good. It's got some interesting messages behind it too, and the animation's really solid. Tito and the Birds is a good one. Um, on Criterion this week, we have Police Story and Police Story Two. Um, I was very happy to get a review copy of this because I ate up these movies and watched all of the special features. Jackie Chan's Police Story films. Um, very great to watch these on a like a fancy transfer for Criterion. So good, good on them for being like, yeah, Jackie Chan, let's do it. Also, A Face in the Crowd and My Brilliant Career for Criterion oh, fans. Face in the Crowd. Yeah. Um, on Shout Factor, we have The Boxer, the Daniel Day-Lewis film. Paradise Alley, an old Sylvester Stallone film. Cuffs. Little Christian Slater film, The Brain, and Tarantula. Yeah, old monster movie. And uh, let's see, lastly, 16 Candles 35th Anniversary Edition out this week on the 4K and Blu-ray for all the 16 Candles fans. Oh, why did I put this down? Sorry, Destroyer is out this week on Blu-ray also, which I liked. I liked that movie quite a bit, the Nicole Kidman cop drama. All right, on Netflix we have Someone Great. Marcus, you mentioned this, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And let's see, uh, Burning. Terrence, your favorite film of last year. That's yeah. on Netflix. Uh, oh, I still haven't week. seen it. Uh, let me let me find th- another three hours of my life to dedicate <laughs> to a movie and rewatch that. Yeah. It's three hours? 
It's like two and a it's half. It's two and a half. Who's in it? Steven uh, Yoon. Steven Yoon. Yeah. Oh, I like him. Oh, it's, I did hear that was really good. You, yeah, you heard about Burning. Spectacular. Yeah. It's really good. I thought you were joking when you're like, another three hours of my life. Like, no, I mean, I and what was funny about that was like, I saw that movie. We saw that the day after we saw Suspiria, and I had no idea yeah. Burning was going to be as long as Suspiria, and I was like dying. Um, but it turned out to be great. So I like Suspiria too. Some people. <laughs> Peter, me and you like Suspiria. Oh, Terrence and Marcus garbage. Like Suspiria. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Like yeah. Times I like I, I own it. I, I really like. You own it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh. A few times. Or did you not like the original either? Or like I I didn't mind the original. This one was tedious and bonkers, but for no I reason. I don't I don't I didn't know I didn't understand the reason for it. Different discussion. Yeah, different discussion, yes. Uh, also on Netflix, uh, The Hateful Eight in its Roadshow okay. Edition form. Um, right. So it's extended form, which has been turned into kind of a miniseries. It's more of like they've divided the film up into the chapters it came out in and added opening and end credits to each chapter. But yeah, basically the longer version that exists of that film is now on Netflix. In a Another bad interesting movie. <laughs> Love Hateful Eight. It's a good on, movie. Uh, it's a great movie. On Prime this week, mid-90s, the Joni Hill um, skateboarding film that's out. Uh, Under the Silver Lake, the A24 film that basically got dumped onto onto streaming to VOD, the starring Andrew Garfield, the director of It Follows, on that film. Oh, I do want to see that. Yeah, I heard Mick, but I'm curious because I love It Follows. Yeah, I like It Follows a lot, so I want to see. And uh, Bosch Season 5, for all the Bosch fans out there, that's on Prime now. Oh, been yeah, waiting for that. <laughs> okay <laughs> well that's what's on now next week's show next week we'll be talking uh, long shot the seth rogan charlie Theron uh comedy that's gonna be the main review oh, and uh last thing we do here what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next terrence what should people see in theaters right now uh you have to see endgame if you haven't already seen it yet um but if not in fast color is playing near you yeah go see that what do you see next Ooh, that's a good question. Whatever. See you next. Um, def- I'm not. I'm actually not going to see the long shot. Because uh, <laughs> I just, I just can't. Um, maybe I'll go. I'll go see Little. I, I wanted to catch up with that. Okay. Marcus, what should people see theirs right now? Ah, uh, Endgame, of course. Endgame. Um, what am I seeing next? Is El Chicano getting a, a wider re- release? It's come. Oh, it comes out shush. limited this week. I uh, want to, uh, yeah. Mexican Zorro. Yeah. I mean, he's already Mexican. Like South Central Zorro. Yeah. It's, uh, George George Lopez is in it. So. In a series, in like, he's, <laughs> I, I assume he plays either like the Alfred or he plays like Commissioner Gordon type. Yeah, character. he's. You gotta get me to sell Chicano. He's like the Edward James almost now, so I think he's moved into that role. Yeah, once his hair turned all salt and pepper, he's like, I can play serious characters now. <laughs> Uh, Peter, what you people seeing in theaters right now? Oh, I mean, yeah, Endgame. <laughs> like, uh, I can't think of anything else that is like small that I would like to recommend. Usually, I have something, but I can't think of. I do want to go see nonfiction. Um, but yeah, I, uh, although, like you said, I I enjoyed Little, you know. Uh, so that's something. What <laughs> see next? Uh, what am I seeing next? I mean, the next big one I want to see is John Wick, but I don't know when the screenings are going to be over for that. Uh, probably Long Shot. That's probably the next thing I want to check out. Yeah, I would say Endgame. I would definitely say Fast Color. 
And uh, yeah, Missing Link is still out there too, with Annapurna doing a terrible job to promote it since it's making no money right now. But yeah, there you go. Uh, and yeah, Long Shot's the next movie. I'll be seeing, and I assume Detective Pikachu is coming along as well at some point. So you know, we'll Missing Link was was good. I don't I know, know what it is. I did, Aaron Newworth from Legal Entertainment said it's hilarious. Oh, that's so, right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about now there today. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek All my written reviews appear over there. I'm also writing at We Live Entertainment mainly when it comes to main film reviews. I got some I got some stuff coming out besides reviews um, in regards to Godzilla that'll be appearing on various sites this month. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, Peter Paris, where can people find more of you? Um, on Instagram and uh, Twitter as Pajamo. Pajamo uh, like pajamas with an O. Uh, Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of you online? Uh, just type in Movies Marcus and you'll find something. Or friend me on uh, Facebook. I'll friend you if you want to read my mini reviews. Or go on Instagram and... I'll test how fast you can read a mini review before that little five second clicker moves you forward. Yeah, you just gotta hold your thumb if he decides to write more than you can. Minutes. You know, <laughs> it's better. It's it's more fun to try to read really fast and then go back and try to read the rest of it. Terrence Johnson, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can find me at littlewaratour.net. That's L E N O I R A U T E U R. That's also my Twitter handle. You can find all the other episodes about now there and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had at, e- at outnowpodcast at gmail.com, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast, and send plenty of scary clown and Thanos gifts over to Abe at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Thank you, Terrence, Marcus, and Peter, for joining me for this extended discussion of like, Avengers, Avengers Endgame and everything else we went over today. Yeah, yes. thanks, oh, yeah it was awesome. Great. Glad to have you guys all here, of course. Sorry that Abe had to miss out on this. I look forward to him like poo-pooing time travel or whatever he has to say next week on the show. But until then, until next time, so long and goodbye. Skype's going to tell you that I'm recording the call now. There we go. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. Legal snags. Yeah, so you can record Skype now? Yeah, you can do. It's really crappy. Like, it's not great, but it's a good, it's a backup to have just in case, God help me, if the recording doesn't pick up. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it basically records the screen. So it's like a, mm-hmm. video, it's like a giant video file. And again, the quality's not amazing, yeah, but they... it's something, you know, so... <laughs> just in case. All right. So, and I guess presumably you can like load that into YouTube if you're like, hey, you want to watch four chat bubbles moving around for an hour and a half? Well, here you go. Who needs Abe? Exactly. I say that more and more sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs>